for the month of January, we've partnered up with Chorus Wearables, who aim to bring cutting-edge technologies to athletes, explorers, and outdoor enthusiasts. Chorus have a long-standing reputation providing GPS watches to some of the best athletes in the sport, including Molly Seidel and Elliot Kipchoge. Find out more about Chorus, head over to uk.chorus.com. Or if you're heading over to the National Running Show in Birmingham next weekend, which is the 23rd, 22nd, 23rd of January, if you're listening to this after it, um, yeah, pop over to their stand, Stand E30, take a closer look and be sure to mention that you're a listener of ours. Welcome to episode 35 of Inside Jogging Podcast. Thanks for lending us your ears for the next couple of hours or so. Got another big show coming at you as we go live to Houston, we hope. It depends if Josh gets his act together, where he's been running a, a rapid half. We bring you all our usual segments and we've got an excellent interview with 211 man and winner of Berlin Marathon in 1985, Jimmy Ashworth. In a week that seemed Boris and his party apologised to the Queen and country for being naughty during lockdown. I can't wait to see a full apology from Josh to Matthew for being a naughty boy in his sessions and mileage over the last few weeks. So without Josh here, let's go over to our one man I've got who's, yeah, living in rural life, sitting amongst goat and chicken shit in Wrexham. Matt Klaus, how are we? It's always us two, isn't it? You can, you know, piss off to America. It's always us two left. I'm all right, though, thanks, mate. Are you um, sure? I'm a bit annoyed. Um, the council haven't uh, taken my bins out for the last three weeks. That's outrageous. It um, is outrageous. What am I supposed to do with all this rubbish? Dump it next next door, your next door neighbours. Yeah, put it in their bins. That's what you do. A bit of a fly tip. Yeah. Or just put like a little bit in each of the bins down your road. That's a good idea. Yeah. Um, full of them. Anyway, mate, I've seen your Strava. What's the Achilles latest? I'm a broken man, mate. That's what I am. So what's happened? I don't know. Well, do you want me to go through my week? Um, yeah, why not? Let's do that. So, uh, January 10th was Monday. So, obviously, I did that, that nice little session on the Sunday. Um, and... Yeah, the Achilles, I think I said on last week's show, the Achilles was pretty crap at 30 miles, but um, us being stupid runners, we just try and run through things, <clears throat> which I did. Um, so Monday morning, um, I decided to elliptical just to sort of see if it would settle. Uh, I woke up Monday morning. I, I mean, when I wake up generally as runners, you know, it's bad, isn't it? You know, you're walking around just, on one leg, essentially, just sort of hobbling around. So I knew it was sort of bad Monday morning when I woke up and it was um, probably a little bit worse than it normally is. So <clears throat> um, jumped on jumped on the old girl, um, did 70 minutes uh, in the morning. Um, 
report there. Did the same in the evening, just did half an hour plus weights. Um, had shockwave um, on Tuesday morning, um, which is, if you've never had shockwave on your Achilles, it's like um, a hammer um, pummeling your Achilles, but very quickly. Um, I've, I've had it previously. I had it on the Berlin build-up, and it worked a treat, but I had it to, um, Tuesday, um, and it just wasn't... Um, just wasn't amazing to be honest having it um so i was on the elliptical again tuesday morning um 50 minutes i don't know about you but when it comes to cross training i'll work off heart rate and then i'll it'll upload strava and it like robs me of about i don't know five or six beats do you it get changes that? it yeah it changes it no i mean i i don't often cross train as you know but We'll talk about my um, technical issues in my week in a bit, but with your Achilles, do you, what is the actual, do you know what the injury is? So I'm going to come to it now. Okay, good. Um, so um, Wednesday, I had an appointment with a sports doc in Manchester. Um, <clears throat> he sort of did a full evaluation on the Achilles. Um he told me to hop on my left leg, which I was pretty crap at anyway. And then he tried to tell me to hop on my right. Well, there was no chance of that. I couldn't even like get up on my toes. It was that bad. So that is pretty um, bad then. It's a, it's always yeah. a, that's why it's like amazing that you manage to get through those runs if it's if it's that sore. It's one of them. It just all it's all sort of come all of a sudden. Like I've I've had Achilles issues in the past, but it's just. I don't know, it just came out of nowhere, really. Um, so anyway, I tried to do a hot test, uh, failed just miserably. Um, so after I saw the sports doc, um, had an MRI. And um, so I was in the MRI machine. Did you go oh, in the... God. You go in the yeah. actual, the full... Does it? Do you go in like... Because usually with MRI, you go in like head first, don't you? Do you go in feet no, first? No, no, feet first. Interesting. Did you have to wear yeah. like? Did you have to wear like a little hospital gown? Yeah, yeah. So uh, went in. I've had MRIs in the past for bones and stuff, and um, they're just oh, I mean they're great. You know, technology has just advanced so much, hasn't it? But can they just stop that banging when you're in there? It's like it's just gonna like explode. So no, never. So do you go fully in then, even when you're just doing your ankle? No, you're probably um, hip. Your hip down is in the machine. How long does it take? I mean, obviously for an Achilles, you wouldn't have thought it would take too long. But I was in there for about forty-five to fifty minutes or so. And my other question is, I've had so I've not had an MRI, but I've had a, a DEXA scan thing. And like your DEXA scan pretty much shows everything. So did, does the MRI also like show everything or do they just take a little screen, little shot of your ankle, not the rest of your lower half? Um, so a DEXA scan, um, now don't quote me on this, but that measures your bone density. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, so MRI will show tendons as well. Um, 
and it, I mean, I wouldn't need a bone density scan in this instance because obviously it would tend to not bone related. But um, yeah, so it would. No, just, I was, it would just I, I was, show. I was, I was more talking about the awkward. I, I had a woman doing mine, and mm. she was showing me the the pictures, and yeah, pretty much visible everything on there. It's quite an awkward little. Oh moment. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, did you go in yours naked as well, then? Did you? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think so. Yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah, <laughs> I can't remember. Um, yeah. So anyway, that's where uh, I was so going. I had, had the MRI. Obviously, they didn't. Um, they didn't uh, scan my hips. Um, so hopefully, I wouldn't have that awkward conversation. Um, you didn't so, just. Shuff- I thought you were going to shuffle down and just get it done anyway. Just get it done. Get you don't need it. With, you don't um, need it doing that. No, you're fine. Yeah. Well, I was in the, I was in this boot, um, and um, obviously your boot, yeah, your foot's at ninety degree angle, yeah. and oh, it was killing me. Like it was like my, my Achilles was throbbing because it was in just one uh, set position for so long. Um, so anyway, I had the MRI. I get the results tomorrow. Um, so I got to um thursday i thought you know what let's see how see, let's see how it is because it was improving a little bit um throughout the week um and again it's a lot better now than it was um on wednesday so uh i met dan weston the main man i thought i can't let him down he, he messaged me and said are oh, you running this morning i was like i'm gonna try so um, the first mile was um, horrific. I couldn't. I mean, it was okay. It wasn't to the stage where I had to stop, but I could tell my gait was um, wasn't wasn't great. So I met Dan. Um, <laughs> he said, <laughs> "He said, oh, we're getting a bit quick here, aren't we, Matt?" I was like, "Yeah." I, was, I think I was trying to force it a bit too much. So um, I managed ten miles, and I thought, "Oh, you know, it was it was okay, but it wasn't." Um, I wouldn't say it was amazing. Um, I'd say it's probably like a five out of ten. Um, so got to um, what was that Wednesday, Thursday? Oh yeah, that was Wednesday. Sorry, um, I'm missing days here. Um, so then Thursday, I did five miles in the morning, and it just felt shit, really shit. So um, I was like seven foot fifty four mile in. Um, I got to the, what, the one mile mark, I thought I'm going to walk, but I thought oh, I'll just carry on, see how it goes. Because sometimes, especially with Achilles tendinopathy, which obviously I have to a certain degree, um, they, they do sort of, they can come good uh, and they have in the past for me. So I thought oh, I'll, um, I'll, I'll carry on, see how it goes. And it just, it just felt shit. Um, so jump back on the elliptical. Um, in the evening, just did a little quick spin. Um, Friday, again, elliptical in. Um, I did 90 minutes in total that day. Um, named the elliptical the old girl, as, you, as people probably could see. Just thought it'd be good to give her a name. Um, I was going to actually give her a proper name, but I thought we'll just go with the old girl. Give the, the listeners can give you some names. Yeah, that'll be a good one, actually. We'd have to do a little competition. Um, so I got to Saturday. I thought, well, um, I should do a little session just to just to sort of see if 
um, Seville are still on the cards. So ended up doing um, 20 by a minute with a minute off. Um, got going actually on that. Um, and now I've actually broken the elliptical. Um, so I did. So I did. Um, I did an hour. I was supposed to do ninety minutes this morning. Fair play to people that do cross training and do it over ninety minutes because I just can't be arsed with it. Um, so I got on there, um, and at about half an hour, it was starting to bang the front of the like machine. So I don't know whether I've, I've broken one of the bearings or something. Um, so I had to keep jumping on and off and trying to like fix it. It was just a pain in the arse. I just thought, screw it, I'm just going to do an hour. It says I did 70 minutes, I did an hour. Um, and yeah, so that is pretty much my week. So in total, I did 50 miles. But a fair bit of cross training. So are you just going to keep, keep going? Well, is elliptical able to keep going? Um, yeah, I mean, it... it it is. Um, do you know like when you put a pair of shoes in a, a washing machine? It's kind yeah. of like that noise. Um, so I'm seeing the uh, Walling tomorrow night. Um, I'm sure some of the listeners will know Andy. Um, so I'm seeing him for physio. So the plan is to sort of have an idea of what's going on as far as having a rehab programme. Um, I've got a call with a sports doctor tomorrow afternoon as well to discuss the results. So I'm not sure if he's going to offer me a quarter zone shot. Um, but if I'm going to be completely honest, I think um, Sevilla's um, looking very unlikely at this stage. Mm. So back up to Manchester, is it? Yeah, so uh, Manchester is the next plan. Because um, I thought... I didn't know the European selection would was like pretty much a few days after Manchester because I was thinking of doing um, potentially Wrexham or Hamburg, mm. um, which would give me more time. So I think that's the end of April, but um, obviously it's not within the window. So I think Manchester is the only the only next one. Yeah, it's it's a shame it's um, so early because the the European champs in. August, right? Yeah. So there's so, still plenty of time, isn't there? Even yeah. at the end of April. Yeah, what's a couple? On. Mm. Yeah, there you go. I suppose it's because they want people to do Manchester, but um but yeah, hopefully you get some answers soon and um can get back to some running and pain free and yeah. I mean it's been a bit of a reoccurring injury for a while, isn't it? So it'd be good to get it fully sorted. Yeah, it's one of them. And I, do you know what? I've it's my own fault really. I, I've not rehab rehabbed it properly in the past. I've just, you know, done bits and bobs here and there. And I think I actually I, I need to get a, a proper rehab program going. Um I'll probably take next week as an easy week anyway. <clears throat> and then if I can get it in a good place by the week after then, you know, I can start a marathon block again. But it, it all depends on how it sort of responds, I guess. Well let me go through my week. This is going to be the an inter- another interesting list of going through mine and your weeks. That's why we need Josh on the show. He at least can talk about some running. Monday kicked off with an hour. I, I ran with Ruth and took her on this like hilly loop for mine. And I say hilly, it's undulated, it's not hilly. I spoke we spoke to Jimmy Ashworth in, in the week and 
he told us he did a, a seven, eight mile run that went through a thousand feet of climb. This doesn't do that. Um, so it's still pretty hilly though, only 500 feet. Yeah, there's just one, there's one big hill in particular, um, which you go up and then run along the top. But we went up the big hill, you run along the top, along the road. And usually in summer, I'll cut down across the fields back to mine. Um, but the other option is you go all the way back into town, and but it makes it like a 12-mile loop. And I only, I only figured this out when we were up there, and I was like, yeah, we need to cut across. I knew it was going to be muddy, but, yeah, we had, to, we had to walk some sections because it was, yeah, proper muddy. And it's, it's, it's the sort of muddy path where you can't even walk on the side. You just sort of have to walk through the mud. Um, Not bad. Yeah, and in Lincolnshire, the, the mud, well, we actually cut out onto a farmer's field and the mud's like clay mud, so it oh, sticks, sticks to your shoes. Yeah. So it just it like collected around both our shoes. But anyway, uh, yeah, we, um, we got through an hour. It wasn't too bad, 7.20-ish pace, so took it a bit easier. Um, and yeah, I felt all right. So Tuesday, for whatever reason, it's delayed... I think had Eliza most of the, I mean, Jenny's mum was here, so that's a lie. Um, I just delayed it for whatever. I think actually I was going to go out at lunchtime and instead had a nap. So I went out in the dark. What what a dream. Beautiful. Well, everyone's got lunch break, haven't they? Just have a nap. You have a nap. I have a nap most days. How do you, I'm I'm really jealous and envious of people who can just like, just sleep. Can you not? I mean, I can in certain um, certain sort of environments, but like you have to, it has to be like set up properly. Do you know what I mean? Like it's got to be dark. It's got to be quiet. Yeah. yeah, dark. I mean, that is for me. But we used to have a a spare little office room at our office, which I'd just sleep in. I just go in there, take some cushions, put a coat over my head, and go to sleep at lunch. Do- but yeah, yeah, I reckon if we can wear sleeping, sleeping plugs, I'm all right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's enough about my naps. But anyway, I got out half past five in the evening, dark, pretty cold, and just did loads of loops, as you can see. Um, can I ask you something? Go for it, mate. Um, have you ever, I'm looking at on the map on your Tuesday run, and if, if you've ever been into the... Uh, it, there's, a, there's a place here on your loop, the Danish Invader. Yeah, the pub. Lovely pub. It's a pub, is it? Yeah. So Danish Invaders, that loop, the 2K loop. Um, you've done Sounds some, like a strip. Done some, um, done some research place. there. So it's, um, it used to be called Danish. They had a prisoner of war camp there in the war. Right. On that area. But I can't remember what. It must be something to do with Viking. Oh, who knows? Anyway, I know Ermine Street goes close to it, which is the Romans, but that's not the Vikings. Anyway. If any of the listeners... Um, I've been to the Danish Invader. Um, can we send us some pictures? I could, I can find some pictures for you as well. It's um, you know, Stamford itself is quite a nice town, very Georgian, um, very old. But then that pub up this end of town is built in the sixties. It's got one of those flat, flat roofs. You know, a pub with a flat roof is never going to be, never going to be the nicest of, of pubs. Um. But yeah, it's all right. I mean, it's still Stamford. But yeah, I watched the England matches. We had the big screen outside there. 
Um, anyway. Oh, yeah. But yeah, so what I do, 7.50. Well, it was actually closer to 7 at mile in. On some of those loops, my, my signal went. I saw the third mile was like a 7.40, and it definitely wasn't. Um, so what's that? Probably about 7.10s. Heart rate low. And now I've got a child who's just intruded into the room. Like, Bring her in. She'll say hello. Here she is. She looks very... She looks like she's just been to the bloody Danish invader. <laughs> Don't know where she's come well, from. She's couple... walking around like she has. They weren't even here. They, they were out. I'll, hello. I'll carry on. One sec. Let's... She's going to come say hello. Eliza, say hello to the podcast. Oh. No, she's not happy. No. Well, um, we'll carry this on. I'll just hand it back to the wife. Yeah, do it, mate. There you go. They're making a secret entrance. Bye. Well, that's good. Um, let me just re-plug in. Let's get back to the Danish Invader. There you go. All right. Yeah, anyway. Um, there you go. You're, be- you're better now. It's all be- it was all trab before. You're back to base and trab. Yeah, so heart rate was good, and I was pleased about that. It was like below 140 for most of it. Um, so I was like, ah, oh, all good. On the road to recovery, I thought I'm just going to keep jogging each day. And then Wednesday happened, and I felt exhausted again. <laughs> um, so I didn't run Wednesday. What's, what's happened to us? I don't know. I just keep having these dates. I've, I've, come, I've come to the conclusion that it's two things. It's either long COVID or it's mm. like bad iron issues because... It's a similar sim. I just feel I'm not just like exhausted to run, but I'm exhausted. Like I probably had, I probably try for two or three naps on Wednesday. And um, have you had any blood? No. Well, I've not. No, not since um, the last end of the summer when it was it was higher, wasn't it, than normal? Um, so I was g- going to phone the doctors to get some bloods next week, but. Yeah, because let's go to Thursday. So Thursday, I start my run on Thursday. I'm like, it was a beautiful day Thursday. Um, that was the annoying thing about this week. I don't know if it's the same. Yeah, it's been a nice week. Yeah. Like, it's in, there's been no wind, nice sky, blue skies. Yeah, it's cold, but perfect for running. So I go out Wednesday lunchtime, Thursday lunchtime. I'm like, oh, I'm going to get an hour done. Seven minutes into the run, I considered walking. I was like, should I have a lunchtime walk? You know, it's going to be a good run then. Um, so I got to this like bit, turned around and started to run back. But you've got to go up the hill when I start walking this hill. Anyway, so I did, I nearly managed 20 minutes. Um, but my heart rate was, so it's downhill for the first 10 minutes-ish. I think my heart rate got up to 157. And that's not good. No. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I don't understand. I really don't get it. It's just so up and down because we then go to Friday and I ran with Ruth again. Looks like she takes some pictures. She can take these. Oh. So Ruth's on her strive, takes some pictures, but not of the run, just of her garden, which is not where we ran. So that's useful. Um, but yeah, another nice day. So we did nearly 10 mile in the end, 719s over some, over some hills, bit of bit of mud thrown in there too um um the good thing about friday is my treadmill came so the boys set it up 
Noble Pro. Oh, did, uh, I think I said they need a plug. Yeah, Noble Pro Elite 8i. Um, they set it up, did they? Yeah, they, they come and fit it for you. And Do they? Set it up. Well, I think it's an add-on usually, but it's free at the moment. So it's wow, another plug for them. Service. But yeah, these two lads set it up in, it took them half an hour, but it's done. Um, so Friday evening, I think, I thought, well, I'll go do 20 minutes on the treadmill. And I'm one of these people who likes everything connected before I yeah, do I'm the problem. same, mate. So I went in there and realised I had to connect it to my Wi-Fi because this treadmill's got Netflix, it's got everything. So I had to connect to the Wi-Fi. So I'm sat there. It's freezing cold. It's like minus two outside by this point. And it's cold in my garage. I'm pressing all these buttons to connect to Wi-Fi. Then um, other things wouldn't connect. And I barely, I probably got about five minutes of actual running done, just about 45 minutes of faffing. So Saturday, got out Saturday morning with Ben and Ruth. Again, hour at 7.15s. Lincolnshire Cross Country was on at Burley. So we ran through Lincolnshire schools, ran through some plenty of uh, school kids on the way back doing cross country pretty busy um how'd it go was a were they, they all wearing football boots they were quicker than i was put it that way yeah it's all changed anyhow football boot did you used to wear football boots cross country then yeah yeah me too solid um those are the days actually i was speaking to um well i wasn't ruth spoke to one of the dads and the junior girls were doing about 3k and apparently the winner ran like close to nine minutes. You're joking. So I was like, yeah, she definitely wow. like. Anyway, um, so yeah, Saturday evening, thought, do you know what? I'm gonna go back into the garage and get this 25-minute second run done on my treadmill, sort it out. Right, so I go in, treadmill turns on. It asked me if I want to update the software because it's oh, you're joking. So I pressed yes. And Jenny's already started dinner. So I said, I'm going to be 35 minutes. It updated for about 25 minutes. Um, while it was updating, I thought, oh, I'll, get, I'll get Swift set up and I'll get my heart rate set up. My heart rate monitor wouldn't collect my watch. So I spent 15 minutes putting the battery in and out of that. Then Swift, I had Swift all connected. So I started, started my run, was like, right, going to get 20 minutes done on Swift. Looked at, my, looked at my laptop screen and I wasn't running on Zwift. It was just stood still. So I jump off, oh, have, a look, have, have a look at that. And it says not connected. It's because my, ba- my battery on my laptop went. So my battery went on my laptop. And then I was like, fine, I'm just going to listen to anything on Netflix. So I put my wireless headphones on. Oh, it doesn't do Bluetooth out of the treadmill to the headphones. So oh. I can connect. Noble Pro, come but on, lad. It does if you get a little dongle. So ah, okay. I learned I learned a lot about Bluetooth in that half an hour. Apparently, there's about four types of Bluetooth. So, um, but yeah, I spent again forty five minutes of faffing and doing nothing with the lap. Why why do you need the laptop? Because surely it's got the interface where you can connect everything. So, so as the interface connect, so you get Netflix, BBC iPlayer, Spotify, yeah. or any anything like that but not the Zwift app. I thought I, the Zwift app's part of it. No, so, so it connects 
via, via Bluetooth to Zwift both ways. So apparently Zwift can control the treadmill too in terms of hills and pace. Um, but it's, it doesn't have the app on the little screen. So you have to have an external monitor for Zwift. It's to do with, um, I think it's to do with the Zwift app, like probably how big it is. I know it's quite sizable. But anyway, um, yeah, I, I've asked the question. So if I get an answer from the guys at Noble Pro, then I'll let you know why next week properly. But Yeah, because I was going to buy one because of that uh, yeah. feature. Well, I, I, thought thought it, I, I, thought, I thought it did too, but it connects to Zwift, but you need an external, external device still. Got so, you. So yeah, I mean, maybe it's on their roadmap to integrate at some point because you'd imagine it would be. Um, so I've asked them that question and then the question about Bluetooth out to audio, which seems like a bit of a, a missed trick. Um, it does have a cable to plug your headphones in, but I didn't want the wire. I wanted to wear yeah. wireless ones. Um, but yeah, other than that, it's a very good treadmill. Just I need to stop faffing. I did some research afterwards. So um, Sunday, that's a longer than I thought I'd talk about that treadmill. Sunday, I got out this morning with Ben Heron. We did 12 miles at 6.58s. I'm back. Good. Um, heart rate this wasn't is too a bad. positive finish. It, it was fairly, it was, I mean, fairly flat. It's dead flat out there. We ran in the fens. No wind this morning, really. Um, caught up with a guy at about 10 and a half miles. And do you, know, do you ever get it when you, you see a runner like, I don't know, a quarter mile ahead of you, but they're moving quite quickly. So you don't catch them that fast, but they know you're catching them. And they often know who you are. So they almost like pick up a little bit to, to sort of just, I don't know, just because you're catching them. So we had to work quite hard. So we saw him and he saw us, but then we had to work quite hard to catch him up. And then he, jo he actually joined us for the last mile. Um, but I was glad because I was like, I don't want to have to push past him. Because you always feel like you have to then keep moving, don't you, to make that carry that pace on and i thought i don't want to run six thirties just to get past somebody yeah. So, yeah yeah it was good um ben had some interesting conversation as usual he told me to talk to you about billy goats are the ones that smell not uh, is that right not i don't know if a billy goat is an actual type of goat maybe it is i just thought that was just the name of a goat i thought it was. <laughs> but yeah billy anyway he told me to billy goats no the, the short ones aren't they um I don't know what it is, mate. They just stink. Straight um, up, all goats. Yeah, they do. Um, and he also has, because he had COVID the other week, he's had too much time in his hands. He's been watching lots of um, space time documentaries and he's got lots of theories on time travel and things now. So. Well, you just, you just um, hold off on that because I've got a great Western's, uh, Good. Western's Good. words this I week. Won't, I won't go into it anymore. Um, but but yeah, I'm on, I'm on 50 miles. I might go in the garage tonight and do a little run, you know? Who knows? Um, finally, finally make use of this treadmill. Um, but so it's good weeks. How many, how many weeks now is it till it's Manchester? 11 weeks to Manchester. And here's is my that point. to race day? 
Yes, 11 weeks yeah. today. And my thought process is, I'm just going to forget about Manchester for now and do, because the, the, the danger is if I think about Manchester, I will try and do something too soon. Whereas if I just focus on the next four weeks, just gradually introducing some sessions, like forget about marathon sessions, just introduce solid sessions. Yeah. Try and get in, I don't know, try and work towards a 10K or something in, in four to six weeks time and then see where I'm at. If I feel at that point, five weeks, five, six weeks out from Manchester that I can do a marathon, then I'll, I'll do it. If not, I will, I will sort of do something else. But yeah, that's just going to be sensible for four, five weeks and just get fit because I'm fed up of having weeks where, yeah, have some terrible terrible days but um, yeah it's smart mate I think I had a lot to moan about on the Saturday run and I don't think I've fully told the listeners all my moans but I um I've forgotten them all now so that's the good thing about running I get to vent the other yeah people, it's a good thing mate the other people who are running with me probably don't enjoy it so much but they got to listen to me moan about stuff for an hour which is good um but yeah, that's our weeks. Josh, Josh's week would probably be much better, but he's not here, so he might join. I might fix it. He in needs this. to get his priorities in order. Yeah, and as I said to you before the show, it's going to take me probably about two hours editing now to edit all his bits in when when he finally decides to have a conversation with me. So I'm um I, I'm going to put it out there to listeners: Is he really that valuable to this podcast? Do you want Josh? It's a great question. Because if you don't want him, I can find a much better replacement. So we'll put that to him. And, and with better hair. I'm going to seamlessly cut to the morning after the night before for Josh Lunn. He's, um, it's what, half six in the morning in Flagstaff, half one Monday morning, Monday afternoon, UK time. Finally got Josh. Um, he wasn't available for the last however many hours because he was busy um, mixing it with all his big stars and thinking he's big time and catching flights back home. So we've got him now. Josh, how's life? How's half six in the morning? It's not so bad, actually. I've, I've been up for about 45 minutes. So I've been, uh, last week's been pretty intense with work. So I've been kind of getting up at like five um, and just going to bed at like half eight. So kind of getting used to it um is that gonna stay the same like if you work away no i don't know it's just because um we've got like a project on at the minute um and then sort of with month end as well um so okay. hopefully i've got Here a meeting go. tomorrow month end. It's like, drop, drop it in yeah why is month end on the 17th of january why is it not month end? Um, so, so we have like our, our results our results call, which was last week, and then we have a forecast call a couple of days later. So we're forecasting the rest of the... Well, I say the rest of the year, we're forecasting from the beginning of the year, so... I mean, I regret yeah. that as soon as I said it, but so let's, go, <laughs> let's talk about some running. Um, obviously, race yesterday. We'll come to that in a second. Yeah. Um, let's go back to Monday. Um, Talk us through your your training week leading into into Houston. Yes. Houston half. I can't speak. 
the Chev- Chevron Houston half. Sorry. Apparently there's two. I didn't realise. Um, so, yeah, so the, the plan last uh, week was to drop my mileage a bit. Um, so Matt sort of said between sort of 90, well, around 90-ish. Um, so Monday morning, um, I went out a little bit late, actually, because, uh, yes, sort of similar thing, really. I was a bit busy work. So called this 12 to the new 10. So I think my new double is going to be 12 and 6 rather than 10 and 5. Quite like that. Um, well, so, as, I, as I've said to Clousey, um, I mean, I might have said it already. It might come later. I've no idea when I'm going to drop this chat in. But I talked to him about Jimmy Ash- Ashworth's doubles of 16 and 6. So he's exactly. already got a heads up that that's what you're going to be doing next. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I think that's good. Like, I mean, this was, oh, this was very, very good, actually, because when I stopped my watch, it was 12 0 6 80 minutes, zero seconds. Very, very pleased with that. Um, so, yeah, so, no, felt fine. Just went out on the road on my own. Um, and then... That was on your own? Eve- yeah. Yeah, because it was 11 o'clock, because everyone else had run. Ah, uh, I see. Um, I mean... I got hit by uh, Shelby Houlihan driving past me, but... but uh, oh, was that after she had a few burritos, was it? <laughs> it's funny she uh she runs like well not everyone but most runs like half a mile behind the group because she can't run with them it's ridiculous but there we go um so yeah so that, that was in the morning and then in the evening um the the signal in the dome's a bit rubbish it's indoors so i'll take that pace with a sort of pinch of salt um so just did 31 minutes probably maybe just over four miles um and then did some strides so i did these last week and I actually felt pretty good after. So basically I just did hundred minute strides and just sort of timed them and tried to run like pretty quick. Um, so they were sort of all sort of 13, 13 high. Um, so my quick, are they strides or are they efforts? Um, they're probably more, they are probably more efforts. Yeah. Okay. But, so, so what's your point in doing them then if they're an effort? Um, well, I, I just think the same sort of principle, just getting my legs turned over. Because when we get to yeah, no, no. when we get to um, my session and later in the week, I'll, I'll sort of say <coughs> wife oil good, um, and I just did a little jog afterwards. Just did three and a half minutes on the track. Did, didn't you do those with the girls? <laughs> no, the reason I didn't do them with the girls is because the girls were running faster than me. <laughs> so I I did one and I started and they started just behind me, and they pulled level with me. I was like, I'm going to do. This. At a different time, I think, but they were all in spikes. That's on attribute so, to it too. So, what are you doing? This you're doing a hundred meter stride, and then yeah. are you walking back or are you jogging back or um, turn around? It's kind of how I feel, really. I want some of them. I was jogging two hundred, some of them I was just walking hundred the other way. Yeah, it depends on what I could be bothered. It was like nothing like uh, too structured. Most people were walking back to hundred, but yeah, you know me, get a bit more miles in. Um, right, so Tuesday morning. Um, so Z- Matt had originally sent me eight by uh, ten by eight hundred uh, in around two twenty off um, ninety seconds, and there was a group doing eight by k um, off a little bit more recovery two thirty, but they were going a bit quicker. So I sort of I didn't really have chance to speak to Matt before, so I thought I'd rather the company. Yes, it's a little bit quicker than what he probably wanted, but probably only. So, well, we started what the pace he wanted, um, so, which was like 255. 
and then they were meant to be getting down to a bit they wanted to get down to about 245 and a couple of them did 10 and they got down to that but by the time I finished um we didn't go that quick so uh he was actually fine with that I don't know if you mentioned it on um um I can't remember what he said um it was more it was more the um recovery so it was a different yeah they were yeah exactly uh so he said he he was absolutely fine with it to me so Um, so yeah anyway three mile warm up uh, and then started at like 2.56 and got down to 2.48 and actually weirdly that pace felt like pretty fine so like a couple of reps near the end I actually saw we'd say taking a turn um, we just saw like 2.222 in a row um, and yeah I felt okay actually at that pace but so, yeah like it, it was a bit, a bit longer recovery than I ideally wanted but like the I feel like the recovery could have been 90 seconds and I wouldn't have felt much different. Well, so it's eight by a K off two thirty. Um, yeah, and you've done the session with two guys who have run in the thirteen twenties for five K. Um, so, what, what's why are you doing sessions with people like you do? So we'll come to Houston in a bit, and you've been doing sessions with with Bia who ran sixty one minutes. Mm. So doesn't that prove to you that like these guys do run a bit well more. they don't run very hard in sessions yeah so, so why, yeah they run very conservatively so why do you feel the need to run these times in sessions well to be honest matt set me 255 pace i only ran a couple of seconds quicker yeah but he, he set you for 800s oh and and still um i mean 255 is your it's quicker than your 5k pb pace yeah yeah I know. which makes that makes me think i should be able to run a faster 5k well exactly um, <laughs> but yeah no it, it's something i have I've actually have noticed because a, a lot of them they almost just run very conservatively in sessions yeah um which i've never really experienced in with anyone i've trained with i don't think I think there's a quite a, like quite to a that extent. Well, most people just go off um, a pace, don't they? And it's, I mean, look at look at when Matt does ten by three minutes, they're at slightly slower than ten k pace. So yeah, true. The equivalent. The thing you, for me is though, if I if I was to run two fifty fives or three minutes, I think both would just feel very hard. Yeah. Well. I don't know. You'd have to you have to try it to, to know, I suppose. Yeah. Um, true, when you're in shape, true. but um, but yeah. So it obviously didn't have any ill effects, and we'll come to that later in the week. Um, what are you on to next? What's this? Um. So yeah. So then warm down, and then uh, I did four miles in the evening with uh, Pat and Jacob. Nice and easy. Uh, so that the warm down was it. Uh, sorry, the the double was seven, like seven twenty fives. Been getting been dragging Pat out. Pat's actually been running quite a bit considering he's just retired. Um, <laughs> he retired last week, and he's been, I think last week he did 60 miles. Or something. So, um, and then Wednesday, beat when, me in Matt for the week. <laughs> uh, then Wednesday, uh, I did 12 miles and some drills with Beer and Fitz. Um, um so question beer, actually, this is a serious question drills. What are you doing? Yes. Do you dr- I've had a few people ask me about drills. 
What are you oh, doing? I've actually had a few people message me this morning about that as well. So oh, it'd been the drills you'd normally do like before a session. So I do walking ones first. So I, yeah, the but, problem is I don't know what they're called. People, like, yeah, you just you do pull, your best to explain them. Okay, so uh, I kind of got a routine. So pull your knee up to your chest, then do them walk in each leg, like probably four on each side. Uh, then uh, where you pull your ankle up to your bum, same thing, same same amount for each of these pretty much. And then I do that all in one motion. So pull your knee up to your chest and then like all the way through in one cycle, pull your ankle to your bum. Uh, then, oh God, how are you going to describe this one? You know the one where you pull sideways your ankle? Um, it's, like your glute, it's like your glute mead, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so you, you pull yeah, your exactly. leg, pull your leg up like you would on the, the first drill you you described, and then you pull your ankle, so your your knees going outwards. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If <laughs> um, we're gonna we're gonna have Dave, to we have to get like Dave, a, if you Google Dave and Ritzenhain drills, they're pretty much these. Aren't yes. They? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, let's do that one, and then walking. So you basically, touch your toes, but you do it like a duck. So you walk your ankles your feet point outwards and then your feet point inwards yeah um and then you do the same drill cross your legs over each side um and then i would do what a skips are but walking first um and then i would go into like you're skipping with your arms both ways sideways um what's the football one where you go side to side to do your i think it's your adductors i don't know but i know what you mean if you shuffle side to side yeah um Side shuffle. Then, yeah, yeah, probably that. <laughs> then A skips, B skips, um, then lunges, and then like hamstring kicks. Like that. That's so you do, much are you doing this before the run or after the run? After the run. So how and long then strides that, as well. How long does that take you for that drills and strides? Ten minutes probably. It doesn't take long at all. Well, um, yeah. hopefully that answers a few. There's been a few questions. So hopefully that answers a, a few things. But as I say, Google Dathan Ritzenhain drills, and there's two videos, isn't there, where you pretty much every exercise just explained there is in there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah, and then and then strides after that as well. Um, so yeah, so did 12 miles at 6:58s. Um, started pretty easy. Uh, and then that was the only one that day. So then Thursday, I did eight miles in the morning. Um, went a different loop this time it was quite nice um, so 7.22 average again we started pretty slow um, and then in the evening I did four miles um, so we this is quite um, <laughs> this was a very American run I would say so we ran to the dome and did I did um, six 200s afterwards but I did four mile warm up so 7.45 average tonight like really slow um, but we ran on what I say is, oh, do you want to go and run on the turf, which is basically just laps of astro turf. So we did a load of laps around one field, then ran to another, did loads of laps around that, then ran back to the other one and did laps around there. And that was four miles. I thought you'd appreciate that one. Oh, it's, yeah. I don't know why you described it as American, but... Um, but it's just the way they said it, I think. Turf. Well, lap, laps of the turf. Yeah. What is it? I'm just... Um... They're all American football fields. So when I, when Clousey was when I was talking to him my week, Clousey had done some research. He knew the name of the pub. You know the Danish invader. Oh wow! Yeah, he knew the name of the good. pub, so I was just going to look at your. Um, so it's an American football pitch you're running around on satellite view. And you're going back. 
around some football pictures by looks of it. Actual football yeah, pictures. Yeah, yeah, the Amer- American football pictures, yeah. No, the second, the, the other one's down the bottom. Oh, the, it might, might, you might be right, actually. Yeah, you might be right. I am right on satellite. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's what it is. Yes, yeah. Uh, and then I went and did 200, uh, 6x200 in 100 walks. So these actually felt more like strides than reps. And I was running like 29, 30. Um, I was kind of like, the first one I did, I was like, I'll run for sort of 32s. I didn't really look at my watch until I got to the line. And it was 29. I was like, oh, that was quicker than I thought it was going to be. So I kind of, um, I made sure I was sort of wasn't trying to like force them. Um, and they were still sort of 29, 30. So that was a bit of a surprise, actually. It felt quite good. Um, and then I did six miles in the morning on Friday, uh, just before my flight. And then I did, uh, that was like seven tens. And then in the evening, I, <laughs> so it was about 22 degrees and I was like, I'm going to go and jog, like make sure I proper jog. So I wore a tracksuit. Uh, I did four miles and eight tens. And that was some terrible, terrible loops. It was basically... <laughs> Yeah, did you ever play San Andreas? Yeah, yeah. So the neighborhood that you first start in, that's what I kind of felt like I was in. And I also got a haircut there as well. So I felt like I was in a video game. It's quite good actually. Um so you did this on your own? Yeah, because um so I was I was staying in an Airbnb, not in the hotel because there wasn't enough room. Um so yeah, I just went and jogged on my own. This is a new you, mate. Eight tens. I, I was I was on my phone to be fair. I was, but <laughs> I was like, jogging this time, I'm just gonna get my phone. Um, but yeah, that was a, a proper wait, jog. Wait, you're on your phone while you're jogging. Yeah. Can you not, can you not live without your phone for at least half an hour? <laughs> I was talking. I was talking to actually George Wheeler. He uh, he raced on Sunday. So, uh, on Saturday. No, it's on Friday. Yeah. So what on Facetime? No, I was just WhatsApp. So you're texting throughout your run. Yeah. yeah. You're outrageous. Right. Talent. Move on. Um, and then Saturday morning, um, went out for a jog. Um, so me, Bia, Matt and Emily Durgin um, did just over four miles, 7.56s. And it was so It was possibly one of the windiest I've ever been at points. So coming, more so coming back with the wind behind us. So you know when you just basically have no control over your body because the wind's blowing you? That's what it was like. How did it relate to you know when we did our our run the other well, year? Well, way way worse, honestly, so. because it it was funneling down those the basic skyscrapers. It was funneling down at them. Um, you just had no control over your body. So yeah, it was pretty pretty grim. Um, and then I just did again all those drills I just mentioned and some strides as well. Um, so just six by fifteen seconds, uh, and then it gets us to race morning. So. Um, I did 24 minute warm up, which I, did, I didn't for most of the race. I didn't have sat- well the the warm up, warm down, and the start of the race. I didn't have satellites, um, so it says it's 8:28, but it definitely wasn't. Uh, probably more. It was probably three miles, if not slightly more. Is that just um, up, so and yes, d- up and down the road? Yeah, just up and down the road. Um, so yes, yeah, so the race itself. So. Um, finish time I think was 64.54 um, official so off the start line I mean the field was pretty stacked so I made sure I wasn't sort of too near the front um, so I was probably like 8 or 9 rows back um, 
and I just got swamped off the start line. So I was never, I never really managed to go with like a um, a group or anything. So Matt and I sort of spoke before, and he said, make sure you sort of go off a bit sen- like quite sensibly. So I thought, okay, well, I won't go off like because I was planning on going off and just sort of trying to get into a group and sit at the back. Um, just because I was a bit conscious of the wind, because it like it wasn't, I wouldn't say it was windy, but it was definitely breezy. So it was like ten to fifteen mile an hour winds, and I think the gusts were meant for like twenty two to twenty five miles an hour. So there were points where I was like, oh, this is shit. And I've, as I've told you, the commentators must have said, yeah, about twenty times that there is zero wind today. They even yeah, they even got the box. weather man. They've got the weather man out and like, um, I've been looking for the wind on the course and I can't find any. Because they were forecasting, yeah. obviously, strong gusts, weren't they, originally? Um, yeah. So the, so, yeah. so the first three miles was complete headwind. Um, and, I mean, so much so. So you had the big front group, and then it was like... Do you remember when we did the Great Eastern? And um, yeah. just before the pub, where just before halfway, and we were single file. Yeah. It was like that from the start, Yeah. Um, other than the front group. So, the fir- yeah, the first 5K, basically... But the problem was it splintered. So if you missed that group, you just it was so hard to get back to it because you had to run solo to get through the wind. Yeah. So for the first two miles, it wasn't too bad. Like the people were around, there was the people around you. But like, I didn't know to take the the, the uh, main woman's group to about half a mile in. That's kind of how much I got swamped off the start. Um, so I ran like 4.50 first mile. But I kind of feel like I probably just needed to run 4.45, get in the group, shelter from the wind a bit, and... Yes, maybe I might have slowed a little bit at the end, but I'd have probably got a bit more of a ride because from two miles, I genuinely ran solo. And if I was catching someone, I'd catch them and then go straight past them. So that, in that sense, I was a bit disappointed, but um, I didn't feel too bad. Like I, I think I said to you yesterday, it wasn't until about 11 and a half miles, my legs were sort of really sort of starting to fatigue. Um, I was just probably on the, on the line of, this is like a good pace I can keep running at. So I think my splits were reasonably consistent. I mean, yeah, so when I looked, I've got the first mile. I've got, yeah, so I've got the 5K split. So you, you go through 5K and 15, 21, which is 457. Because yeah. even at that point, I was like, I wanted to be around 15 minutes. And there's no reason I shouldn't have been able to run 15 minutes for the first 5K. Mm, that's... And like, I shouldn't, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have been fine, like flat out. But, but you've got to... I mean, you've got to remember that you are in a big block and... Yeah, you, sure. Yeah. You you only ran thirty flat a few weeks ago, so to expect to go through True. at ten k pace in a half marathon is is an ask, but it's fine. So fifteen twenty one, and then you ran fifteen twenty four for the next split, so thirty forty five. Then you ran fifteen nineteen, so forty six oh six, and then yeah, fifteen k to twenty k was your slowest split, which is fifteen twenty nine. Um, yeah so that that was windy again so the, it was the first 5k and then um i'm just looking at the map it was when we went out and then when we kind of came back back up those points and then you finished really but like strongly. it was more gusty so you because we had a back wind yeah your last point seven of a mile you ran in what three twenty so um so yeah 452 pace for that last little split um yeah. So you finished in 457, which is the splits you pretty much ran for the first 15K. So very yeah. even. Yeah, pace. I mean, 
it, it was hard because I, I was just trying to chase people down. But and I, I think I said to you as well, like the first five miles, I didn't feel fantastic. But then I got to five miles and my legs actually felt really, really good. Um, so I was like, right. And I was mainly kind of just focusing on t- keeping my legs turning over um, more than anything. So I know when I sort of tired, generally my turnover just drops. So, it, yeah, I mean, I, I wanted to run faster, but like Matt, Matt Lano said to me after the race, if I'd have gone and run a really quick half, I'd have probably run, probably run a bad marathon in Seville. So that actually kind of made me think of it. And yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, running sub 65 indicates that, you know, you can run a quick marathon off it. Um, what there's a couple of things I was going to mention, but we'll talk about shoes. So you wore Vaporfly. Um, yeah, Vaporflies. Yeah, I definitely think they're better for a half. Yeah, um, I actually looked at a couple of. I saw Scott Fobble and Rory Linkletter, um, who aren't now Hocker, were both wearing Nike, and Fobble was wearing yeah. the Alpha Flies, wasn't he? He was, yeah, and yeah, Rory was in the Vaporflies. Um, and then my other question was, did you only finish quickly because you were scared of being chipped? So funny story about this. They missed that woman and I was chasing her for the first 11 miles. I only overtook yeah. her at 11 miles. Okay. And I didn't actually realize I was, because there was no car, I didn't, I thought that person was very petite. That must be a woman. But because there was no car, I sort of assumed, I kind of, I didn't really think much more about it. I was like, oh, it's not the woman because the, the car's not there. Yeah. Um, I was more, I could kind of hear Matt coming because it was also a tailwind. Um, so you, you hear it a bit. You caught Matt, didn't you? Uh, yeah, about 11 miles. Because he'd gone out quite hard. Um, yeah, I think he got a bit of a stitch, to be fair. Um, but I, yeah, I caught him about 11 miles. And then just before the last turn, before we turned right. Um, yeah. So Matt, and, went, Matt, Matt Lalano went 14.49, then 30.03. So... Um, even at 5k, you were half a minute behind them, nearly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, yeah, I, I caught the lead woman, but I didn't realise it was a, a woman because I didn't really, she had really short hair. And I didn't really pay much attention. I sort of just ran past. Um, but yeah, very, I'm very glad that I did manage to catch her because she ran like 65.02, which is yeah, phenomenal. So, yeah, I mean, good, good race solid result um i know it's not as quick as you wanted but still your second quickest half marathon ever which yeah exactly you can't yeah turn your nose that um and then you did a three mile warm down in the hilton yeah we did yeah basically it was it was pretty cold outside it was like one degree when we started so no one really to go outside so kind of as a joke should we just jog on this floor and uh we kind of actually took it seriously so yeah we just did that so that rounded off a 93, 94 miles, I think. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, what's up? So you've got two weeks left in Flagstaff, haven't you? Yes, yeah. Two, two weeks left. So, yeah, after that, I flew, flew straight back. Um, so I flew to Phoenix and then flew to Flag. And then two more weeks and then back to the UK. Um, and they're going to be big weeks of training? Um yeah I, mean, I hope so i think i'm not doing a session until sunday i'm sorry oh, until friday matt, matt said you're doing a session tuesday uh i asked him if i could but he said no <laughs> yeah cool all right mate well, i know you've got to work so um we'll catch up again next week when all of us will be on the show 
I'll go into the Strava leaderboard. It's looking low. What is up with everyone? This can't be right, Matt. Top of the leaderboard, 77.8 miles. Oh, my 15 miles doesn't sound too bad now. I know. Yeah. Jasper Flash McDonald. Is he That's Flash? That's a fantastic name. Is he Flash? Anyway, or just you like you put some names out there. Phil Sessman, 77 miles. Jake Smith, 76 miles. Um, Something's Andy, going on there. Andy Davies, 70 miles. Joe Turner, 67. They do they do this stuff week in, week out. Is, it, is Strava missing a day? I reckon it is. Anyway, Jamie, uh, Jamie Har, Hartop, Hartop. Yeah. He's normally on like 150 by now. Well, Jasper Flash McDonald last run was yesterday, so he hasn't done. Actually, that says 84. Let me hit refresh here. Anyway, Jasper Flash, we'll give it to you. He's in um, he's in Switzerland, and then Sally Radcliffe was top. Um, maybe Strava leaderboards having a bit of a moment like us today. Yeah, I reckon so. Because. Let me hit control shift and R for all the listeners out there. Hard refresh. Um, That's a new one. I've not had that one before. Andy control. Davis. Control shift and R. Wow, God. Um, things every day. If you, Andy Davis has actually done 24 miles today, so he's done 102. Um, so it's not got Sunday's runs in there for people. I have no idea why. But we can only do what we've got in front of us. And that's what it is. So that's Strava leaderboard over with. Um, I've not got anything else interesting to say other than Josh will surely feature at some point. Um, yeah. Right. What's next on our list? Weston's wise words. You told All me right, here we, we've got some space time. Here we go. It's a big one. Well, it's not a big one, but it's a good one. So here we go. Um read the whole message in, in, in its entirety because um, I think it makes more sense. So, um, does nothing matter? Question mark. Yes, of course it does. People matter, but physical matter is tiny. Almost all of ordinary matter, 99.9% of it, is empty space. If you took out all of the space in our atoms, the entire human race, almost 7 billion of us, would fit into the volume of a sugar cube. Also, <laughs> uh, also ordinary observable matter, stars and planets, makes up a measly 5% of the universe. The other 95% of the universe is made up of invisible dark energy, 68%, and dark matter, 27%. That means there's 95% of the universe that we don't know about yet. Yeah. I also heard so that there we go. whatever way you look at the universe, it looks the same, apparently. I don't know how that right. works, but it does. Um, interesting stats from... Western this week. Um, yeah, very good. Where's he? Where's he get this stuff from? He's just a very intelligent man. That's all I can say. So, if we take all the space out of us, we fit into a sugar cube. Yeah, apparently so. I don't understand. I too, don't understand. Too much I don't understand half of the uh, the uh, wise words he has. 
Um, I mean, all the things he says on the runs, you know, I'm running with him for over an hour. Just think of all the stuff I'm learning. It's definitely a better conversation than you have with Josh, put it that way. Very true. Um, right, Patreon, let's give a, we'll give a couple of shout outs because it's just me and you. Um, I've given you a man this week. Who was it, Matt? So the man um, you've given me is Michael Boucher. So Mike, the main man Mike, has PBs of 1603, 3208, 69.39 for the half, and 2.28 for the marathon. I think I, he's got some work to do on them five and tens, hasn't he? Well, this is back, they're back in like 2008. Um... I think Mikey Boy needs to get back on the old speed work. Oh, wait a sec. 2021, 16.08. He's back. He's back. Um, so, yeah, Mike's in shape. So, interesting facts, Mike, is, is um, he has PBs over every track and field event. Everyone. Everyone. Um, he's a club man, runs for Aldershot um, and team captain. And also... He's the marathon champ of what was um, known before as the BUSA, Old Boost. Bucks. Is that right? Boost. I said yeah. that. Booster. Booster. Yeah. Booster um, for 2005 and 2006. Now, um, I don't think there was many kids at that age, 18 to 21, who were doing many marathons, but there you go. Take the claim. Um, also... We have put in there that he needs to um, sort out his sock, his sock game because it's uh, it's fairly poor. Yeah, but his long uh, red and green socks are always interesting. Um, I've just looking at Mike's power ten quickly as you were speaking. Um, his his yeah, as I said, his PBs are back from back twenty two thousand eight, but it's back down to um, two thirty one for the marathon last year. So. He's getting back to his best, isn't he? He is. Um, you know, V40, showing, showing his still, still time in those, in those legs of his. Um, my shout-out this week is to, is to Dave Archer, who, um, who Clancy's told me lives in Derbyshire. I was going to say Yorkshire. I thought it was close to Sheffield, but it's obviously not. We'll go with Derbyshire. Um, Dave, Dave is a patron of, of our show and um, Inside Running Podcast, because I heard him mentioned on their show a couple of weeks ago actually um so yeah supports us both they they failed to mention that his uh, his wife hattie archer his ex um was known as hattie dean was a olympic steeplechaser i'm sure she went to the olympics in beijing i think so yeah um she was definitely a british steeplechase record holder for a while um anyway dave's dave's got his own pbs you know fairly swift pbs um 839 3k 1459 5k 1455 5k on the road 3056 10k 68 dead um i'm sure that annoys him and 223 23 marathon from the cheshire elite marathon last spring um dave i haven't got overly um, loads of interesting facts, but let's have a quick scroll for your Instagram live on here. What is he run? Hallamshire Harriers, who 
big club in Sheffield. Um, he's definitely, I know he's definitely got, I want to say two kids, but I know it's definitely one, but we'll go with, we'll go with two kids. I'm going to guess two kids. Um, may support Barnsley. Um, so showing his Yorkshire, Yorkshire stuff off there. Um, he's Dave, also a bit of a, a baker, is our Dave. Got some uh, scones or scones, um, whichever way you pronounce it. Would you call him a master baker or just a baker? I mean, given these, um, um, I wouldn't necessarily say he's a master baker. I'd say he was very much a beginner. <laughs> Sorry, Dave. Uh, anyway, you know. Now the question is: Is do you put the the jam um, oh, on first, on. or do you put the cream on first with your scones? You tell me what you do. So, I would put the jam on first, and then the whipped cream on top. Or that the cream, the clotty cream. Why do it yourself? Well, do, do you do it way around? Yeah, it's easy to put yeah, the but, cream on, and then the jam on top of the cream. Yeah, no, but with that first bite, it's all clotty cream. Yeah, well, it's Devon Cornwall, isn't it? The divide. They do it opposite way rounds. Um, anyway, Dave, thanks, Dave and, and Michael. Um, thanks for your support, as always. Um, head over to um, patreon.com forward slash inside jogging podcast. Um, and there's different options to support us and help us improve. But yeah, listen to questions. I've only got one today. And it's one we've gone through before. I'll read it out. It says, all right, lads, marathon question for drinks and gels. I'm using Morton for the marathon. I'll have people at stations on the course to hand out stuff. Naughty. Um, I want to practice and training more. What points are you advising taking drink mixed gel? My thoughts were, then he gives his thoughts of when he's going to take them. Um, I think we spoke about this before, but for me, I try and take on five five gels including one on the start line so i have a gel on the start line a gel at five five ish miles 10 miles 15 and 20 not as late as 25 so something around those anyway i take four during the race and one on the start line um but then we have our our drinks usually on drinks tables every 5k which i'll i'll pick up and i i always strap a gel to those just in case i need you know, need enough one. I usually have one. I usually have one down each arm sleeve. So I've always, I actually end up finishing races with gel still attached to me or in my hand, which is, yeah, just a bit bizarre. But, but yeah, usually Morton wise, I can't even, how big's a Morton bottle mat? 500 mil. So probably, yeah. probably about what, 200 mil in each bottle and try and get as much as that if I can every, every three or so miles. Yeah, I think um, I'm the same with you, obviously, in regards to when to pick the drinks and take gels. So I will uh, use Morton as well. So it'll be the 160 um, in a, uh, every bottle, which will be eight bottle in total, so every 5K. Um, and then it'll be a gel every 10K, so 10, 20, 30. Um, I'm, I will probably take on a or take a gel with me um, maybe take it before 40k um but i think that the the main sort of thing to do is which one thing i haven't done in the past which i should have done um is carry gels with you <clears throat> just in case because 
there's been times in Berlin when I did Berlin um, in 2021, um, I didn't take any gels um, with me. I forgot to put them in my shorts. So I think it's really important. And I, I missed a, a gel and it fell off the bottle. So mm. I think taking gels with you is really important as well. Yeah. So I am, um, as I said, I usually wear arm warmers if it's cold enough and I'll stuff a, a gel down each one. So I've got two on me on, you know, from the start. And then usually have them on every bottle. So I'll rip them off each bottle and take them. If I don't need it, I'll, ca- I'll just carry one. So I've always probably got two or three on me at very least throughout the whole race. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think also as well, and obviously this isn't me trying to plug, um, sore shorts but they do um they do marathon shorts specifically for gels so you can mm. um they have a, a pouch at the back so you can put three or four gels in there then they have the the two straps at the front of the shorts where you can put another two gels there which are like perfect so what about what about caffeine anything do you do anything with caffeine i've never actually used it so i i wouldn't know unless i actually like started using it in training mm. i know some of the guys do don't they I think Josh uses the caffeine gels. Um, I've used them in the past, but I always got on with the normal gels. All right. Um, so I just use the, the standard gels. I use Morton 320, which is a bit thicker than the, the 160. It's like, well, it's double concentrate, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and yeah, my stomach's pretty good. So if you didn't have the bottles available to you, like Morton drink, and you just had water, what would you do? Would you do anything differently? Would you take more gels? Well, yeah, of course you would, wouldn't you? So um, it may be a case of instead of instead of taking it, because if you took on a, well, yeah, so if you did a drink, so um, the carbs in one of the Morton drinks, it's very, it, the the amount of carbs in the drinks is very similar to the carbs in the gels, isn't it? Yeah, roughly. I think it's roughly. So, yeah. Would you take on board a gel every five k, and then every oh yeah, every five k, and then maybe a little bit of water? Well, that's a lot of gels. Water stations. A lot of gels. A lot of carries. gels. Isn't it? It's eight eight gels to carry, maybe. Um, well, think about it. If you if you had shorts where you could put two in the front, three or four in the back, that could be that could be six. You're gonna you're Hold gonna take yeah. one and uh, one in both hands. Yeah. You're gonna take one after five anyway, so that's only one in your hand. What I would say is is definitely practice with them. Um and even practice holding them. Like I always go out on my long runs holding I don't actually put them in my shorts, I just put them in my hands because it it is as funny as it sounds, it is a different feeling to having something in your hand while you're running. Um it can make you feel a bit awkward. I always, I always feel so much better once I've got done that gel on my long runs and I'm sort of free. I always look forward to the point of being gel free and don't know, just feel a bit lighter and a bit more. I don't know. It's just a mental thing, but, um, but yeah, it's when I've coached athletes who, who obviously don't get drinks tables, a, I try and, you know, get hopefully they've got someone out there helping them who can get to a couple of points and give them some sort of of drink they've used in in training because yeah, trying to take some fluid on board that's got some carbs in it rather than water is is going to be much more beneficial. Um, 
and unfortunately a lot of the big marathons they don't use um the likes of morton or high five or sas they use lucas aid or some of the foreign marathons there's some weird and wonderful stuff they put in cups isn't there yeah and i think it's one of them i think you if if you're not um fortunate enough to have a, a drink station where you can clutch your drinks i think it's a case of doing your research seeing what they're going to have on the day like if you go on the website um most of the you know the big marathons will have their um sponsors on there so the chances are that you know if if, if a marathon sponsored by lucasade they're going to have lucasade out and about so it might be a case of doing your research before and then in the training um in your, in your marathon training is trying to use what is out on the course along with you know your gels or whatever yeah um and there was another point i was going to say and it's gone straight out of my head I start to think about something else which is always useful so what happens in your old I, age oh i know i talk about it um i'd say also as well um if you if you are fortunate enough to get drinks um the one thing that i always um suggest is don't try and drink um you drink oh, quickly that was it good man you yeah got it. yeah try and run i always try and i mean i try and tell josh to run with his bottle for up to 800 to even a k sometimes and just yeah. like drink it slowly yeah and i think he's he said that that's one thing he's got better at um because when i first ran the marathon with him we were running together and yeah he, him and a few others they were sort of just picking these bottles up taking a sip and throwing them down um and yeah so definitely carry for carry it for as long as possible drink it as slowly as possible just so you're not taking massive gulps and getting out of sync and you know taking loads of air in and causing stitches or whatever but also um don't panic if, if somebody picks up who's in your group while you're taking fluid on board take that fluid on board don't try and catch up to them that they will come back to you um so don't worry about them surging off they'll they'll feel it in the end when they've not taken that fluid on board so so yeah, yeah. anyway i think we've fully answered that question so let's go into the news um there's a few races on today as josh will hopefully explain should we talk about houston marathon first matt um you weren't watching it where you? you were trying to follow it on the on the tracker but yeah, um, there was a few issues. I actually watched the half and the full. The commentary on the half was interesting, to say the least. You, have you watched American? Um, you've watched American race races. Yeah, of course. I mean, commentary the, from yeah, Americans is the way they sort of it's, funky. It's the way they present things and the stuff they say. Um, they kept calling like the you know like the starting pens. They kept calling them corrals, and it's like. And then they, like, the guy opened up the, so the, they've started the, the, pres- the, the whole show and there's two presenters. There's a, a guy and a, and a woman. And she's like a proper presenter. And he starts off by talking about what she's wearing, telling her she looks fabulous. It's like, oh my God. This is, this is bizarre. So, anyway, um, the race. When are they going to, when, listen, before we get on to that, yeah. when are we going to get to a stage where people, Comment, the commentators themselves, the actual commentators of like they actually do running as a sport well, or previously in, done running as a sport. Interestingly, by the time I I 
gone back to the marathon, um, Desi Linden, or yeah, what, that's what she's called now, isn't it? She was commentating. So she was actually a lot better. Um, like she knew who the runners were, at least. So, yeah. But for the half marathon, they didn't even know when the, they didn't even know when the lead female was going to cross the line. It sort of surprised them. Um, they, they called out Sarah Hall of, as she was missing, she was going to miss the time and then she ran the time. So um, anyway, so we're going to results. The, the men's half was won by Tolosa of Ethiopia, followed by Career, And in third place, Wilf Kimitai. Well, on the results, he's down as a Brit. So we'll take him. Wilf? We'll take him. Or do we need a club? Yeah, Probably so in, anyway, 60-44 for Wilf in third, 60-24 for the win. Um, there were some, some big fast times all the way down the field, um, notably packed in and broke 61-60-55, which is just off his PB possibly. I can't remember. But the lad Josh has been training with, Bia Simbasa, around 61.03, so fairly swift. Um, again, least my argument josh probably shouldn't be doing sessions with him but there you go um or at least trying to hold on to him in a session anyway should we get down to josh's result 64 54 for 30th place um his splits were good and consistent though weren't they matt please i mean i'm really pleased with that i mean you know we could look at it and say oh he's in better shape um given what he's been doing in training but at the end of the day, like I, I spoke to Josh after, and he's got a marathon in five weeks. That's the race. Yeah. So if you know in the build-up, if you're running sub sixty-five, you're in a good place. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, he he said it was also slightly quicker on his chip time, which we'll have to wait and see. Because um, it it I mean I did see the start. It was pretty deep, and he he said he was behind. Jess Judd, who we'll come to in a second at the start. So maybe there's a few more seconds there, but um, I, he shouldn't be disappointed at all. I mean, it's a, it's a great run. Um, as, as I said to him, I spoke to him as well. You know, he is in the middle of a big training block five weeks out for the marathon. He's, he has eased down this week, but as he will say, he's still done 93, 90 ish miles. Um, big session, what, eight, nine days ago? It's, it's going to take its toll. Um, he, he also said it was windy. The commentators defied that. They said about 50 times there was no wind today. So believe who you want. But to, to be fair to Josh, I did see some pictures towards the end of the marathon and, and there was gusts, definitely. Um, it was forecasted to be very gusty, but I think they got away with a lot of it. Um, but... Yeah, I, it does. It also does frustrate me when the commentators do play down the conditions. Um, I'm like, just go for a little jog and see what it's like. You can't always gauge the conditions by just standing in your sheltered commentary box and sort of putting your head out the window. Anyway, um, that was the, the men's. The, the women's was, you know, equally competitive um, with some, some big results in there. So... Uh, Vickerty Chep Nagino uh, took the win in 65.03 this is why I think Josh picked up at the end so, so Josh picked up for a decent little split at the end and he was obviously scared of being chipped um, 
Second place, Sarah Hall. I think it was the American record. I mean, they weren't really sure, but 67. Yeah, I think it is, yeah. 67, um, Ryan Hall, um, obviously, he posted to say like it was 15 years or something, and they've both got the American, the American record for half. Yeah, um, and it was it was pretty chilly out there as well. Um, but, I mean, it can't have been that bad because there was some, you know, phenomenal results up in Sarah. Dominique Scott, South African, 67.32. Jess Judd in fifth, 67.52. Um, which so, is... um, that Dominique Scott, she must, that must have been a, a national record for South Africa then, surely. Um, it's got to be. Should we, should we go I mean, to think about it. Knows? If the American record has been broken and she's just behind. Yeah. Um, second, I mean, Jess Judd's second, can't be far. Second, second all-time South African. Wow. So she slashed three minutes off her PB, though. Um, I mean, Jess, Jess is, obviously, Paul is around 65-something, I want to say. Um, so, yeah, but Jess, Jess is a phenomenal one for Jess. It also says Karen Mayo in seventh was a Brit. Have you ever heard of Karen Mayo? Karen with a C? Nah, there's no, that's, that's, she's not British, surely. Yeah, they've obviously got British. We'll take her. British agent. So yeah, we've we've gained some we've gained some good runners from from Houston. Um, All right. So um, and Paula Radcliffe's PB is sixty five forty. Yeah. Well, so, that's got an A bite. So is that Great North? Yeah, but she also ran fairly quick somewhere else. I'm sure. Sixty six forty seven. Yeah. Okay. So we go to the marathon, which is equally phenomenal. Um, we'll start on the women's side. So Kira Damato went into it wanting to to go below 222 um which was a pit was going to be a p bit she's 222 high i think um and a few years back was was really struggling she ran 219 12 um That's crazy so you know it went through half in 69 40 and obviously it's come back in um 69 possibly i guess um so slight negative split and just paced it. I mean, she did have paces, but has, has paced it phenomenally well. Um, and yeah, absolutely smashed at the, the American record. Um, so it was Dina's American record from 2006, I want to say. Um, so yeah, 37. Yeah. So here at... Kira D'Amato is a 37-year-old mother of two who spent seven years away from the sport, had two kids and started a career as a, as a real tour, which is a, a state agent, isn't it? Um, yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, phenomenal, isn't it? Um, there was, Alice Wright was making a debut and I've not actually looked at these full results since 35K. I saw Kira's time. Um, Alice was... Alice was definitely, I must be on, I'm on top USA. This is where I'm going wrong. Let's go. <laughs> Shocked me for a minute. I thought Alice hadn't finished, but she did finish, finished second. 229.08 for Alice on a debut. Um, wow. So she's under, is that under the world time, is it? The world time 229.30, was it? She was 08. I think it was 229.30. Yeah, she's 229.08. Um, we can look at that up in a sec. So yeah, she, she ran 
again, very even split, 64, 36 at halfway. Um, so a couple of 74. seconds, a couple of seconds. Yeah, 74. A couple of seconds negative split. Um, for Alice, um, I do actually have the, the selection criteria in front of me because I was speaking to Josh about it. So 229.30 before 28th of February. Um, so she's got it. So I presume she will, she will also go to the Worlds in Oregon. So fantastic, cracking one from, from Alice. And then if we go to the men's side, um, which was a strange race. I mean, so they set off with the half marathon runners and it was won by, it won in the end by James Engardun, Engardundu, Engardundu. Can't say his name. Sorry, James. Just say James. He's, Sorry, from, Ken- he's from Kenya. Um, 2.11.03, won in. Well, yes, they went through half in 65.30. So on the face of it, looks like a, an even-paced run. They went through... Um, te- they went through 5K in 15.17. And then went through 10K in 30.17. So they're ahead of Josh, as he told me. You know, 30.17 is way inside five minute miling which is you know where they've near nearly ended up on so yeah sub two turn so it's very up and down and, and i'm not sure josh josh said they branched off between 15k and half marathon so he, he thinks they must have hit some wind there somewhere um so yeah james took the win abdi abdu um from bahrain in second to 11 11 and elisha banu from kenya to 11 16 in what was a very competitive race because the top seven separated by 30 seconds and in seventh we'll talk about sixth place frank lara usa guy 211.32 this has missed the time by two seconds luke coldwell debut 211.33 he's missed the time by three seconds um so yeah i mean phenomenal debut from luke coldwell absolutely but, amazing but yeah I, I don't know if he's disappointed on missing the time by a few seconds because it was his final split where he he slowed a little bit in that final split. So he went through 40K in 204.41. So needed to run 649 for that last 2.1K. And yeah, agonizingly lost a few seconds somewhere. Um, but yeah, again, he paced it very well. 66.09 he was at halfway. Um, so is that, is that a, a debut for Luke? So I think he's run, yes. he has run a PB, uh, not PB, he's run a marathon before, hasn't he? No debut as far as well, it's definitely a debut. Um, and his PB for half is actually only sixty-five mid, mid or high. Um, he, I mean, Luke's a phenomenal runner. He he actually stepped back to shorter distances a few years ago, didn't he? And started doing more sort of five thousand, ten thousand. So he's got five thousand PBs of thirteen twenty-nine, and ten k of twenty-eight twenty-nine on the track. Yeah, he's a good athlete, Luke. Yeah, half marathon 64.50 um, from Philly last year. But before that, he'd only run 65 and a half. Um, good cross-country runner. I've got a picture on my wall of me and Luke at Inter-Counties running together. So um, That's cute. Yeah. Not that he's probably aware, but yeah, cracking run. Um, I mean, it, that, it's a European time, isn't it, at the very least, and Commonwealth time. So he's Scottish. So probably run Commonwealth of Scotland um, alongside 
you'd imagine Callum and another so Scottish team is going to be very strong at those Commonwealths. Robbie Simpson, whoever they decide. Derek, to. you've got um, Derek, yeah, Derek as well. You got the Chris Jones if he wants to do it, try it as well. The twelve day as well, isn't it? Who's Scottish? And um, Jamie. Yeah, Jamie Crow. Yeah, so very decent lineup there. Um, indoors, there is a race in. I imagine it was was it Dempsey Indoor, Washington, isn't that? Yesterday, yeah. Tom Anderson ran seven fifty two. I want to say, which must which is a European indoor time so so tom's got back in good shape um i don't know whether they take it though on that um 300 track yeah well he he definitely said it was a time so i don't know if he knows anything differently um, they never used to take it because it was a 300 meter and not a 200 bank yeah and flat yeah um on home soil we had brass monkey half um one by kieran walker of the northeast project he's got a good little YouTube type thing club going on Kieran Walker um, 65-28 for the win from Lewis Gamble Thompson in 65-32 and then Rob Scott who's Mark Scott's brother I think was 65-40 so quick down, quick in um, in York isn't it um, Ross Monkey yep women's wise Charlotte Mason took the win in 68-10 Jenna McGreevy 68-35 and Zara Nappy in 69-06 so quick quick running today Good conditions, uh, isn't it? Hold on, hold on. You're getting your numbers all mixed up. Oh, 79. Sorry. I was going to say, oh, Sem- just a few 68s. 78, 10, 78. Hold on, girls. Sorry, girls. Hold on, well, ladies. I'm sure okay. they didn't enjoy that. Um, yeah, what else have we got? Um, there was cross country action yesterday. To, um, the four to, villages as well. Yeah, I've, you beat me to it. So we've got the three villages plus one. Plus the one. Um, have you got results there or do you want me to go through them? Um, Mike Kallenberg, shout out to Mike, Carly Frunner. Um, he got the win, 67. He did, um, uh, 67 and a half, wasn't it? I think they should change he, They should change the three villages plus one. I think, I, I mean, it's great marketing, isn't it? Um, Something different. So I don't know who won on the... We, Ladies' side, I'm just gonna. Um, uh, Anna, Anna Brace, Brace Girdle. Anna Brace Girdle. Yeah, she won, and then oh, 75. 75 um, 20. Gary Priestley, um, the, the other half, um, the not so better half of Anna Brace Girdle. He came second behind Mike. He did. Um, and then Jordan, Jordan Foster, um, 87 49. Good return from Jordan. She's um, Project Marathon Girl on Instagram. So, plenty of people know her. Um, but yeah, that's some comprehensive results for us for once. Um, I think that's all I've got. You got anything else for me, Matt? No, I've got nothing else for you, mate. We've been nothing chatting else. a while. Um, we might get Josh on at one point. He's never replied to any of our messages. So, um, he's gone AWOL. But what are you up to next week, mate? Well, tomorrow's the day. Um, so we'll find out what's happening tomorrow night. Hopefully, a little pull, a little plan together. See if I'm Marina Marathon. Um, and yeah, just a normal week at work, to be honest. Do you know what? I'm actually, do you know what? Actually, before you go on to what you're going to say, um, I've got another part of my uh, cross trainer coming, which is the bit what's broken. And now I've got a request for a second part that's broken now. 
to come. So that's my week. Solid. Well, before I go on to talk about what I'm doing this week, should we guess what Josh is doing next week? He'll, he's doing nothing. He'll just be running. He'll be doing lots of Instagram DMs. He says he wants to run 125 miles next week. Make him. Let him do it. My job, <laughs> I, I don't I don't coach him anymore. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just telling him stuff to not do. Yeah. Um, that's literally my job when I'm coaching him now. Yeah. As I said to him before, I don't know what he what he what he wants. Like as I said to him, like if and Jimmy Ashworth says it as well, like you should as an athlete, like I, I do the same with with people who coach me, you question things. It's good to question things. Um it's yeah, good to totally. have that discussion. Like Why doesn't he just do that? Why don't you just have that conversation with you? Why don't you just say, actually, Matt, why are we doing that? I think possibly this and you can maybe have that conversation, but he just, yeah, I think, I mean, and, and we do, um, and that's how a sort of athlete coaching relationship should be. But, um, you know, he said the lads, some of the lads are doing a light session on Tuesday. I mean, it's Sunday. I know. Yeah. I, I do you know what I have messaged somebody else who I mentioned, um, who was saying he wouldn't be surprised if, if Josh did a session on Tuesday. And I said, yeah, I wouldn't. I know you wouldn't said it because I know you wouldn't do one yourself, but I just know. Yeah. Anyway, let's not second guess the boy. Um, hopefully he makes his way through to Seville in one piece, but it's, yeah, looking interesting. Um, but on that note, we spoke to Jimmy Ashworth last week and his recordings coming up. Um, phenomenal guy. Um, got lots of stories from the past. Probably could have spoke to him for four or five hours about running. 180 mile weeks, Matt. Wow. So I said that to Josh. Probably wasn't the thing I should have done. No. He, he, Thank was, you doing, for that. he was doing his, his standard double was like 16 and six. Um, wow. He just doubled every day. And in, he says it's good because in hindsight, he said he should have done less. He probably w- would have run better if he did less. Um, and he coaches now and doesn't recommend his athletes do anywhere near that amount and yeah it's a good interview because he's got that got it from all perspectives and he's um very down to earth worked as a worked as a binman um worked in his dad's scrapyard so i hope he doesn't work in Wrexham because my bins need taken out he was in wales at some point um but he's now back in in yorkshire on the hills um anyway yeah give that a listen it's good listen um what have I got to do next week? Yeah, get on the treadmill, do some sessions, get back in the gym, do some core, um, get in a routine. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to the aquarium next week in Hull. Oh, hello. There's a big aquarium in Hull. And Eliza mm. loves fish. So she gets, I love, very, me too. she gets very excited by fish. She can't say it. She says, but um, yeah. Yeah, so we'll do that. Um, hopefully have some good weather and hopefully have some some running to report next week for me at least hopefully you do too soon yeah hopefully um but that's that's a wrap and i might add in josh's little links if i can be bothered if i can't then just accept you probably know what he's going to be doing anyway 
And that's disregarding Matt's advice. Just accept two boring bastards talking about how much little running we're doing on the running podcast. But yeah, what I will say is is thanks to our our uh, our supporters for for January, which is Chorus Wearables. Thanks for them for supporting the show. Do head over to uk.chorus.com. Um, find out more about the products. Hopefully next week, me or Matt will be getting a chorus to try out so we can actually report on some of the features a bit better because um, there's some interesting features that we want to give a go, like track mode and a few other bits and pieces. But yeah, head over to their website. Anyway, I'll um, speak to you again next week, Matt. Thanks for coming on time and being here as always. Thanks, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'll say the same to Josh. Yeah, I appreciate it. Cheers. All right. On this week's show, we've got a super fast marathon runner from, from back in the day. I probably shouldn't say back in the day, but from, from the 80s. 211.43 guy who who, yeah, raced, raced a lot throughout the 80s um, during one of our most successful eras of British running. Um, raced against people like Mike Gratton, Steve Jones, Charlie Spedding, sort of who's who of British marathon running, really. Um, so, yeah, welcome to the show, Jimmy Ashworth. Um, how's things up um, where are you near Bradford? Well, I'm, I live in Halifax, actually. Close enough. Yeah, it's close enough. Yeah, all yours. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, well, <laughs> I must admit, this morning it's pleasant. Yeah, um, yeah, you're out in the garden, so it must be must be nice. Oh yeah, yeah. T-shirt weather. I'm looking at your jumper. Is that is that a coaching jumper? I, I could just oh. about see Ashworth. If Ashworth can't fix it, nobody can. <laughs> no <one> can. <laughs> Brilliant, love it. Yeah, it's a bit a bit of tongue in cheek. <laughs> so. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure what our listeners know about running in the 80s. Yes, you can see there's plenty of fast marathon times from back back then. Power of 10 doesn't always stretch, you know, stretch to show every race you did. So, yeah, how did you start getting into running? When did you start running? I started running just about, I suppose, when I was 21. So I didn't really, well, I didn't run before I was 21. Well, so no, no schools cross country, no track, nothing, nothing at all. Wow. Nothing, what, nothing. What got you into it in the first place? What made you start? Uh, well, I was married and a young family and uh, no money. So <laughs> <laughs> I needed, and I thought, well, you know, I was putting weight on. I've, I've always sort of struggled with my weight. And I thought, well, I'll, I'll go for a, you know, go running and keep fit. And that, that was it, really. So that's, that's going back to 1978, 79? Uh, wait, anyway. wait. How would you... 77, 78, yeah. Yeah, so the, so the real the height of the... Well, the beginning of the, the running boom, Jim, Jim fixed it. And, uh, I suppose so, yeah. yeah. But, I, I mean, at the time, <laughs> I mean, like now, I noticed there's a lot more runners about than what they ever used to be when I were running. Mm. So, you know, it's, it's amazing how many runners you actually see. Yeah. yeah. 1978 was a good year. Ipswich won the FA Cup. So, uh. yeah. Um, so, 
you you said you had a young family so was that at 21 you had did you have kids at oh 20? yeah yeah I, I think i'm trying to think when did they get married i think i was 19 wow so i had a family nearly straight away and well yeah and so i mean my kids are, are old you know <laughs> so you, you started running when your kids would have been quite young so um... oh, there were babies i mean my daughter who's the eldest you know I'd, uh, I always remember I'd run the cross-country race. And, <laughs> of course, <laughs> my, my wife had gone into labour. And uh, in the morning of... It was Saturday morning, it was snowing and all this lot. So I thought, am oh, we going to get the race? So, of course, hospital, baby born, and then straight to the race afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> and then I didn't... Go the yeah, no, I didn't know. I didn't win or nothing. I, I mean, I, I were a useless runner. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I tried <laughs> and the, but the best bit is and then I got told off by the matron for coming in at five o'clock covered in mud <laughs> wow. yeah. so, my first actually Ruth my, my first race I ever did I finished second to last really that's incredible and what you went on to, to do that's that's so inspiring do you remember <laughs> what that race was was that a cross country or road race oh, or? it was a road race road race i entered a road race uh the five mile one mm. and of course everybody went bang and i still so sort of stood there and i remembered <laughs> the back and stopped there all the way around <laughs> so yeah, in, the, in the space of you know five five years you know probably less five years you were winning winning marathons coming second at berlin in 83 so yeah it's pretty pretty sharp progression. So, what did you, what was your training like? You know, between what early eighties, what were you doing to get into that sort of shape? Hard. Uh, it, it, I, I, it's not that. A few months ago, I posted some training. Uh, the training I was doing actually, I posted it upon Twitter. Ah. And the bit I, I, you know, it's a while ago now, but. I knew before I'd made my breakthrough, I'd averaged 104 mile a week, I think for five years or four years. I can't remember that bit. Wow. But uh, I basically started, you know, from 20 mile a week. And within the 12 months of 20 mile a week, I were up to 70, 80. And of course, it didn't take me long to go that next step to the 100. But... As as has been mentioned umpteen times back in the seventies, particular they were heavy influenced by Lydiard and uh, and everybody were doing hundred mile a week, and that basically, you know, is what I found. And and I have I have mentioned before, you know, the young two young lads I was actually training with at the time, one of them was Stephen Bins. And he, he later on became the junior European record holder for 5,000 metres. And it wasn't until a certain Norwegian hmm. uh, broke his record just gone. So I was training with those sort of young, you know, they're just that bit younger than me. And I soon realised that I just wasn't fast enough to run on the track. Hmm. So I just progressed from that onto the road and... And I, I like the road, I really do. You know. Yeah, so, so you're um, you say you say 100 miles a week, but you're 
all your loops and all your races were short back then, weren't they? Uh, and downhill. <laughs> yeah. But, so, so these hundred mile weeks were they um, were they high in quality or was it just a load of load of jogging or did jogging not exist back then? He didn't jog. He didn't. Jog. No. Uh, I, yeah, it's. A, I mean, I measured. I measured my runs by driving around in a car. So, again, it's, it's entirely whichever way you want to put it. But the effort, was I put in the effort. I always remember we had a club 10. And now whether it were 10 mile or 5 mile, I, I can remember running that club 10 in 70 minutes. And then I remember before I sort of packed in running, I were running the same 10 in 53 and 55 minutes. So regardless of it being short, over distance or whatever, you can see these that improvement over a period of years. Yeah, exactly. What, what point did you join a club? Was it Bingley Harriers all the way through or? I joined Bingley, yeah, I stopped at Bingley, then I left and went to Keithley. I fell out with Bingley Harriers and, and I can't even remember why I fell out <laughs> with them. <laughs> but I did and I left. But I did. I joined Bingley Aries because they only they used to meet just down the road from where I lived. Yeah. So it just it just made sense, really. And did you meet up with them for runs regularly? Was it, or were you mainly running on your own? I I, I used to run Tuesday at the beginning around Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Yeah. With the club, but as I as I sort of progressed myself. Of course, I were doing things what other people didn't do, and so most of my running then became I just ran on my, my own. And I, I suppose going back to to Aaron said, uh, I were doing I would do a session on a Monday, a session on a Tuesday, a session on a Thursday, a session on a Saturday. Oh, wow! So <laughs> I would do I would do. Ills or a fart like on the Monday, I'd do track or a road on a Tuesday, track on a Thursday, a track or a road on a Saturday. Yeah. And in, in between, was it easy running or like well, you said, I, didn't you easy running? I found that little bit of um, paper that you posted on Twitter now. Um, All right. It's actually in the build up to Miami Marathon, which is in 85 and, or possibly a different. Did you buy me twice? Or I did, yeah, I got second and first. Um, I think it's 218 years, so... 1985. Yeah, 1985, that's, so... That's, that's when I won it that year, I won it that year. So, yeah. in the build-up to that, you put a note on here to say, injured in the build-up, but did nine weeks at 1,299 miles, 144 miles a week average. Yeah. Um, yeah. and it's broken out your week above, I think. And so you've got Monday, you did a mostly a, a 10 in the morning and a 12 in the evening with 30 by 30 seconds. That's so, right. Yeah. Then Tuesday, it was broken up to seven in the morning, 18 in the evening, which yeah. must have been a track session in the evening. It would, if it were, it was winter. Yeah. So I would probably uh, do an hour 10, I'd do an hour 10 mile on the Tuesday night in winter I, that might have been the wednesday because wednesday was 10 in the morning 16 in the evening but an hour wednesday, wednesday wednesday would always be what i call a long run okay um and again double of 10 16 thursday friday yeah. double of 
usually 11 and 13. Oh my God. Saturday, double of 10 and 13. Yeah. Um, and Sunday, I can't see on this list, <laughs> but, but I imagine it's a long run. Um, Sunday, I think on Sunday. Oh, yeah, 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 20. Usually a double of twenty six and six. So <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I, I I was determined to always go long on a Sunday. I, uh, uh, the furthest I ever ran in one go was thirty three mile. Why? And Why did you run that far? Because I was useless at running marathons. And, and, <laughs> <I'm> sure, <laughs> so, yeah. And I thought, thought to myself that. If I get used to going further than 26 mile, all of a sudden 26 mile will become shorter. Mm. Mm. Yeah. That will be logic behind it. <laughs> yeah. And what was what was the intensity of those long runs? Was it a sort of steady pace, or was there bits of marathon effort in it? Or no, no. I would too. To be honest, I'd be too tired to run to run marathon really? effort. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, I would. Yeah. I'd be too. You know, I. I I, I look back and I think, you know, I see, of course, like all of us, we see what people post on Strava and things. And I thought, I, I, I couldn't have done that. And the reason I couldn't have done it is because I was too tired from the actual training I was doing. Mm -hmm. You see so much now as you, you see yourself. They do these big quality sessions, but the in-between runs are very, very slow. And of course, you know, I, I just basically didn't have the time. If I wanted to do, let's say, 10 mile, it was a case I would go out there and run 10 mile as fast as I could because I didn't have the time to spend on, you know, I would rather go out and run 10 mile in 60 minutes than 10 mile in 70 minutes because I couldn't afford them 10 minutes. Yeah. It's all about, it was it, because of having a young family, I wanted to get home and, and spend time with my kids. Yeah. yeah. Um, was it at this time where you were working as a bin man, or was that later on? Uh, that's that was at the beginning. I worked. I worked in the scrapyard, and of course, I worked as a bin man, which was very, very tiring. Yeah, I've, I've read somewhere that you ran around your, your bin round, so you were running with the bins. Was that on top of the double days, or was that included? No, I'd, I'd run in the morning. I would run in the morning, and then yeah. do the bin job, of course, and then run in the late afternoon. Wow. But I, again, you know, it's looking back and it wasn't until I started to read my notes again, because I was clearing a lot of stuff out. It's a constant tiredness, a constant fati constantly fatigued. Yeah. You know, I, I can I can see that now. I mean, at the time, nobody would have told me that. Yeah. But then <laughs> now I look back and you think... Well, you know, it's a case of if if you'd have trained more sensible, would you have been a better runner? That I'll never, yeah. never know. Did you ever discuss your training with any other runners? Did you have a coach? Or was anyone sort of overseeing your training, or was it all completely? I, I, I got I, I had input I had input from people around me, mm -hmm. but still, it, I suppose what I was doing with that sort of volume of mileage, it was a lot really. Yeah, you know, yeah. a lot. I mean, I would cut down to race. I would cut down to 100 mile a week. <laughs> you know, it, it, it just, I didn't find, it, it reached the point where, you know, I, I, I sort of settled on around 130, 140-ish. And it, it really wasn't no big deal. Mm. And to freshen up, you just drop that down to 100 mile. All of a sudden, it, again, it's, it's no big deal. Yeah. 
amazing i mean i'm just thinking how how i'd fuel that that, that many miles what were you <laughs> eating were you, were you eating a steve jones diet or was it yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mars, yeah. Mars, coke beer yeah and anything i i mean i never i, I didn't I, I didn't eat stupid stuff i didn't I, i've never had a sweet tooth so of course i didn't eat chocolate and and mm. things like that i just you just devour everything when you're training like that really yeah. don't you yeah, I mean, nobody yeah. really bothered about your diet. Yeah. Just really make sure you, you had, everybody knew about carbohydrates and things. So, of course, you'd emphasize that in your diet. Mm. Instead of having one chip, uh, chip butter, you'd have two. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah, I can't, it was Bill Adcox or somebody I was listening to used go down to the Chinese for most of his his meals to get yeah. to get some extra carbs in so <laughs> yeah um so the rest like you said you got influence from from Lydiard um which was yeah high mileage and things what were the rest of the the top Brits around there doing similar types of training to you is that where you thought oh, I need to do a bit more than them or was it just yeah you made I it up think- I would think there were, but if I'm being really honest, I wasn't really right bothered what anybody else were doing. Yeah, you know, I was more concerned or trying to find what would work with me. Mm. Oh, and so, you know, you'd pinch an idea from I don't know from somebody like 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 you just mentioned, Bill Adcox. There, you know, he's doing he's doing an ad sustained effort, what we call tempos and all sorts nowadays. But the thing is, you, you ran for 10 miles as hard as you could. And, and basically, that's what I did, I, I, you know, on, on a Tuesday. I would do that. And and as I got fitter, instead of it taking 60 minutes, as it dropped down, I would then make sure I ran for 60 minutes, regardless of it being 10 miles. Mm. Yeah. So do you think there's too much information these days? Because, like, I imagine back then you only sort of heard what other people were doing by by speaking to them at races or whatever. Whereas yeah. these days we see everybody doing everything on Strava and, mm. you know, I see a lot of people just copying <laughs> what other people are doing. So yeah. Is there too much information out there now for us? Yeah, I think there's, I think there's too much information or there's an information overload. And I think that's removing people from the ability to listen to themselves. Mm. Yeah. You know, and, and as you say, I mean, it's funny, I, I helped her, it's funny you mentioned that, I helped a, a young lad, not a young lad, he was a fella, out about a few years ago when I lived in Wales. And uh, we didn't have, he, he didn't have time to run a lot of miles. And the furthest sort of session I made him do was just sticking around 5k. Occasionally, we went and did four mile and, he, you know, moved away, etc. And he's got, he's got a new coach. And I just happened, I've just seen what, he, what he's done. And I thought, he's, he's done a six-mile tempo workout. And I thought, what's he done that for? The <laughs> furthest he races is 10K. Hmm. He doesn't he don't need it. And, I, and, and as you say, it's because it's the in thing to do. So they're doing it. They're not looking at individual, what does that person need? You, you get what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, so you're, you're coaching quite a bit at the moment, aren't you? Uh, well, I seem to be. I, 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 I never, I just got involved in it, really. I ended up, some young lad over in Wales, uh, 
said, oh, will, will he help me out? And I said, yeah, yeah, of course I will. Don't worry about it. And I did. And then next minute he brought his mate and then another mate and then another one. And all of a sudden I, I ended up having this little, about about half a dozen of these. Well, they weren't young lads, you know, they were in the 30s, 40s, mm. you know. So that, that which were, it were interesting, you know, to help them out. And they did, they did really well. They, they, they basically started off wanting to do marathons, but they ran well from 5K upwards, you know, which were, were good. Well, I enjoyed it. And I sort of somehow, I, I end up, somebody will get in touch and I'll say, well, yeah, I'll help you out. But if they, you know, if they go their own way, they go their own way, it's up to them. Yeah, yeah. well, what a privilege to have you as a coach. They're very <laughs> lucky. God. I mean, I've, I've been looking back at what you did um, in the 80s in particular, and um, I read somewhere that you were you were trying to qualify for the 1986 Commonwealth Games marathon. Yeah. But I was looking back at, at what you did the previous year, and you, you obviously um, you ran your PB in Berlin to win in 211. Yeah. Um, what happened with the Commonwealth Games? Was that not the qualifying race? Did you not meet the standard? How? No, I didn't. Didn't. I think. I, I think. I don't think that. I don't think I met the standard. But also, I think it all it all hinged on London. Oh, okay, yeah. And and uh, I I got injured because yeah. you know I've, I, a lot. The main reason I got injured was because I ran Berlin, and and I to it and I felt really 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 easy at Berlin, and I thought, well, there's definitely two ten in there, easy, you know, because mm -hmm. I did. I felt. I mean, I ran two eleven on my own. You know, no pacemakers. Yeah, nothing. you were you were two minutes ahead of the second place boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. wow. And uh, it felt so easy, and I thought, right, if I just train that little bit harder. Yeah. That's what happened. Yeah. And that, that really, looking back at, at my career, that has always been, I suppose, my downfall. Just push that little bit more, whereas if somebody's can just say, like I've just mentioned with this young lad in in Wales, mm. he's just he's gone, you know. A, not against it, but you think, why? You know, you, you must, I feel, and I'm happy if somebody, any of my lads question me and say, well, why am I doing that? The most, you must find out why you're doing it. Why is it, why has your coach got you running up and down an hill? Why? <laughs> What's the reason? You know, yeah. just don't, just because somebody puts it on a piece of paper or emails you, don't take it for granted. Mm. No. Big, big fan of that. Although, Ruth, don't question me too much. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, so when you started out doing marathons, I, I think I've seen on Twitter somewhat, you were outside 220, weren't you? For Oh, like 230. Yeah. So so how did that progression go? Like, where did you start? And then can, you see my, can you see my hand? Right. <laughs> if we started there, it went like that. <laughs> it, nose, it nose dived. I got slower. So... So what what was your first marathon you did? Rotherham. Rotherham, 1979. Okay. It was the Olympic trial course in 1976. So it was a tough course, you know, and I ran 230 or 231 there. Okay. So, yeah, again... Sorry, sorry, I'd only been running probably... I start, I think I do on November. So I reckon I've been running about maybe about 18 months. Not bad for a no. day. Yeah. Yeah. And then, 
were you were you doing big miles by that stage or were you still oh yeah i was i was i was up up to your 100 mile plus then <laughs> wow in 18 months <laughs> yeah <laughs> how did you progress from that point so for two thirds of your debut marathon in 1979 what was your next marathon do you remember what's what you did next no i, I know when it was it was at barnsley in december the same year uh, same year, yeah. Oh so that would be three months after September, wasn't it, about? End of September was that one. And then the, the Barnsley was in December. Now, Barnsley is, again, it's another tough course. Mm. And it was middle of winter, so it was cold. You know? How did it go? Worse. <laughs> <laughs> Should we gloss over that one, then? <laughs> no, no. It's, it, the, the main reason is it's because... As I got fitter and stronger, even though in that short period of time, I never, it was never about pacing. It was always about racing. Mm. So I'd, I would com I'd commit from the word go. I wouldn't, uh, yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd just commit. And of course, when you commit, you blow up. If you run even pace, as we all know, mm. you know, you, you survive. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. So I just got slower. <laughs> I wanted to ask you because you look at some, you look at your list of results, and there's a lot. There is a lot of marathons between you starting off out at two thirty before you ran, you know, two fifteen, two fourteen, two thirteen, two eleven. Um, yeah. Uh, was that was it like eight to ten marathons you did before you started to? I would say so. Yeah, and and if I'm being really honest, I was probably about to, to give up on them because I thought, well, I can't, I just don't seem to be able to crack this. And uh, I got, a, I got a, a call up to run for England and I thought, well, you know, you don't say no to an England vest. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, I went up to Aberdeen to run in this, uh, what was it, uh, home counties match, you know, England, Wales, Scotland, etc. And I managed to run 2.29. <laughs> so it was an improvement that it had taken, uh, what, it taken four years, I think, to get to that point. <laughs> yeah. But, so was that 1982-ish that then, are we, are we looking at? That's 82, yeah. Yeah, and you ran for England. And that, and that sort of marked the beginning of you sort of making quite big improvements from that point. Well, th yeah. I then, I then went, I come away from that and thought, well, I owe it to myself for one more try now you know let's buckle down so i buckled down and started training and hitting 150 160 mile a week God. and and i maintained that right through to may and then i, I ran 215 and knocked yeah not 14 minutes off but the the most what i thought were impressive with that was I won that by seven minutes, so <laughs> so I thought, well, that was like a time trial on my own. <laughs> yeah. was that, where was that? The 215? Manchester. Manchester. Man yeah, Manchester, Piccadilly. Uh, yeah. Wow. That's incredible. <laughs> seven minutes is a good chunk. Isn't yeah. It? So is the message here then to just run, you know, masses more miles and you'll definitely get a better performance? But obviously... Per that persevere, isn't it? Persevere, persevere yeah. going, you know and I think you, I see it with a lot of a lot of marathon runners back in the day Ron Hill was the same you know he didn't crack 220 first and kept going and kept going and eventually it comes but you see a lot of people these days 
go out in their first one, try and run 212, first time out, don't achieve it, and give up on it, sort of thing. So I think it's sometimes you just got to. It's a marathon's a hard thing to crack, isn't it? It it is. It is. I think. <clears throat> yeah, I think back in in those those days, it, there was more sort of mystery. I think that the science hadn't caught up with the marathon. And I think now the science has caught up with the marathon and we understand a lot more why we can't achieve this performance, that performance and blah. And we, we do have, as, as you're aware, that there's we tackle it different. We do tackle the marathon running different, the, the marathon race itself different to what we did when I were running. Hmm. Yeah. You know? So I... I'll come back to that bit in a second because I've got a question on that. But in, in between these marathon races, which there's quite a few of in each year, um, usually yeah. or three, there was also a lot of other racing. Um, oh, yeah, I'd race regular. Yeah. But how yeah. did you how did you fit that into your training? Because you couldn't have been easing down for every race. Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't. I think... <clears throat> I think... It, th- I, I, well, I eased down to, to, to roughly 100 mile a week yeah. for a race. Mm. For a marathon, I'd drop it down to 70 or 80. But for a race, I'd drop it to 100. And, and I suppose I'd do my long run on the Sunday. And then if, if I were racing the following Sunday, the long run would be Sunday. And then it would be a sort of a taper all the way down. You know, instead of running like, 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 say, instead of running six times one mile on a Tuesday, I might do three times one mile, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah. there's no, there was no science to it. It's just, I thought, doing less, you, your legs freshen up. You still yeah. did a lot. You still did doubles every, almost every day, didn't you? You ran. Oh, yeah, I, I doubled. I, I, it wasn't until uh, I, I shared a room with Alan Storey. And uh, Alan Story said I was racing a marathon <laughs> and and I, I got up to go for a run in the morning. He says, you know, you are racing 26 miles. You don't need to, to go for a run in the morning. And, <laughs> and he convinced me not to do a double run on a <laughs> on a marathon Ooh, day. That's, that's a good point because weren't a lot of marathons in the afternoon back then? Yeah. Well, yeah. This, this, this particular one, I was doing it well. I used to... It, this were at Miami, so it were an early start. It was a seven o'clock start in the morning, so I were getting up at... Well, I got up. It wasn't a case of getting up. I got up at four o'clock or probably a bit more to go out for a run and then, of course, ready for the race. But you are right. When they were in the afternoon, it made no difference. I still went out for a run yeah. in the morning. <laughs> Incredible. So, so, I mean, some of the summer marathons must have been pretty unpleasant, weren't they, if you were racing at 26 miles in the afternoon in the middle of the summer? Uh, I, I cope very well with eight, really well. Yeah, really well with eight. You know, uh, the otter, the otter, it was the better. Wow. Uh, really, yeah, there was a lot of people still talk about a, a, a race that was held. I can't remember the year. The Intercounties 20s, the, it's, I won it. Yeah, um, in, uh, in uh, 1984 and 87, you won. 87. Yeah. It was red absolutely red hot it was like survival of the fittest and uh i won that day i won i think well i know you know know kenny stewart Mm. i put in nearly a mile into him over 20 mile 
on that day or that art. Yeah, you can see the time here, one for you know, hour forty-four, which and you know, it, it you will, know, who's yeah. who's running going for a marathon in, in close to closer to one forty. Um yeah, it must well been. the best bit about that, Aaron, is you like this. <laughs> Around that twenty, I did a track session then on the Wednesday. I then raced on an eight mile race on the Saturday. And then I think two, maybe three weeks after that, I ran a two fifteen marathon. No, yeah. No, I'm lying. A two eighteen marathon. And then four weeks after that I ran a two fifteen marathon. Yeah, was that in Lille Lille and Venice? That's right, yeah. yeah. Wow. So that's right, yeah. Did you um did you like obviously you must have had some bad performances at some point because you were tired did you just shrug those off then as just a bad day and just because if I was doing 150 mile a week at some point my I'm sure my performance would drop enough that I would go actually I'm doing too much here I'm too tired uh I don't it depends I, I honestly can't. I, I can't answer that because <clears throat> I constantly was still turning out the performances. Mm. You know, I, I mean, I were running. I could run an half marathon at sixty-three minutes at a drop of an hat. Yeah, and I, and and I, I've I once added it up. I think I've done. You know, well, it isn't a lot, but I mean, at least well, definitely half a dozen sixty-three half marathons in that period plus around a 62 uh you know and mm. i mean this is is before when you, you you consider even now 63 i think it's reasonable mm. you know yeah of course um you were wearing different shoes back then weren't you jimmy <laughs> oh, oh yeah the, the shoes <laughs> yeah no yeah they were they were they were they were different they were they were hard i mean you suffer. I suffered. My legs, my legs took an hammering. More, mm. not for shorter distances, but the, the marathon. I, I always suffered the day after, but it didn't stop me going out. It didn't stop me training twice a day after. <laughs> Did you have any sort of sports massages or anything to help? Any physio? I, occasionally, occasionally I did, mm. but not nothing. No, not, not not like I encourage my lot to go. You know, at least once a month, there you must go. No, none of that. I did no, I did no strength exercises or anything. That's interesting. Nothing at all. But I guess you didn't have time in all those miles. You wouldn't have had the energy. No, I didn't have the time. And also, the the jobs I were doing, I did physical jobs. Yeah. So I would, re, you know, I was strong. Mm. You know, really. I mean, me, my father had a scrapyard, so I worked with him and in that from being near to a grasshopper and I worked on a farm and of course emptied the dustbins as I've said they're all hard manual labor type jobs yeah and if if you know this is this is what I believe I think if you're growing up within that environment you are naturally gaining that well you should know being on a farm yeah, we've got ramming coming yeah. up, so I know exactly what you mean. So, yeah. so you, I mean, we used to be a joke. It was a bit of a bit of a joke when I worked on the farm. The sugar beet bag used to weigh ten and a half stone. God, 
and at 14, I could pick one of them on my back and carry <laughs> it, you know? So, wow. yeah, so you, 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 if you're doing that every day, yeah. you, get, you don't need to go strength training. But now because society is like what it is, you, you need to go strength training because you've not got that in your background. It's not there. If somebody's working in a, a shop, a computer or, or a desk, and they've not they've not actually done any of that all their life. Mm. When they take up running, they're gonna be weak. Yeah. Because the body's not used to it. That's such a good point. Such mm. a good point. Do, do you not not think yourself, Ruth, if you think about, you know, we're talking about this natural strength gain through a childhood into adulthood, that if you look at the Kenyans, the, the African runners, because of their their the background, yeah, naturally strong because yeah. of the environment they're coming from. They've worked on it, you know. Never mind walking to school. You know, if they're helping out on the farm with the dad, yeah. moving stuff, digging up. You know, it's, it's a natural environment to build that strength up. Yeah, yeah, and obviously they're they're always moving. Whereas we're in a society where most people are sitting down, like you say, at a desk most of the day. Oh, yeah. They they might run twice a day, but they're probably more likely to get injured because they're going from sitting down to running with you know nothing in between. Um, and no sort of natural strength from from their work because they're, they're not moving at all. So no, yeah, no, it makes sense. Yeah, and also yeah. obviously those shoes that you were wearing, I imagine, didn't have much support, didn't have much bounce. Obviously, no carbon plate. No, um, no. So that that encouraged your your own body to become stronger as a result because you were doing the work, weren't you? Rather than getting yeah. any help from what you're wearing on your feet. Exactly. The only advantage the shoes had. Well, they were so light. Yeah. Which and you could literally, you, you know, you could feel a, a tanner through sole of your shoe. They were that thin. <laughs> but yeah. Well, well, were they? Were they? They weren't actual Dunlops, were they? <laughs> what brands were they? Was it Reebok? Well, I, I, I will. I was. I, I got sponsored by Nike later on. Did you? So I ended up, yeah. Which, huh? Yeah. So I, you know, Nike shoes. They were good. I mean, I, I, I found them. They were all right. They were all right. It's just that my, my calf suffered. Anything sort of above 20 mile, my calf suffered. And well, what what point it. did um, Nike step in? What, what point did you get that sponsorship and how did that work? Uh, when did they step in? Late 80s, surely. Or late, yeah. late 80s. Must have yeah, I, I reckon it must have been about, yeah, 80. I don't know, about 80, probably after my marathon. Or maybe just before, because I remember... I remember Charlie sending us a card and because he said, well done, you know, well done for your performance. I always remember. Is this Charlie Spedding? Yeah. 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 Because Char Charlie were working at night then. Oh, of course. Yes. I've read his book. Well, if you remember, Nike were full of the old Gateshead Kronas. Kronas, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah. It were like the mafia. <laughs> <laughs> have, you read, have you read Charlie's book? I'm sure you have. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? It's yeah. good. You need to write one. <laughs> no, mine had a lot of so. <laughs> but yeah, it's a really interesting. It's good as Charlie's book. Mm. Yeah. It, but yeah, the shoes they had back then it must have been like the Cortez and things, which are obviously like fashion shoes now. Um, you've not you've not kept any of your old shoes, have you? They must be worth a. a <laughs> no, no, I haven't. I, uh, I I remember I got a pair of Nike Zoom shoes, and I give them to my son. He had them for a bit, but yeah, yeah. Nice. But they were nice. I, they, they were, they were the best. 
they were just like anybody else's, really. Mm. So, back to your racing again, just quickly. Is there any race that stands out for you as your your sort of favourite, um, favourite, most memorable race? Uh, I don't, I suppose everybody would say, oh, it's, it's, it's your Berlin and, and things like that. They're all, they're all special. I think, yeah, they're all special. Like I say, I think about Manchester, we just talked about Manchester, you yeah. know, to win that by so many and, and things and, no, I can't really pick one out because if I look back, I think, oh, yeah, I remember that one or I remember this one. I think I remember, I can't even, do you know, I can't even remember the first one I ever won. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I think, I, I, think I, 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 I suppose I'm proud to, I've got quite a lot of inter-counties medals. Yeah. I won two inter-counties 10,000 metres on the track and I won two 20-mile championships on the road and I've got a, a, an appful really of gold team medals from the inner counties mm. well, one, one year I reckon I'd have pulled the treble off but I got injured mm. I, uh, I won the inter counties 20 the inter counties 10,000 metres and I believe I'd have won the inter counties cross country all in one year and nobody had done that since Ron Hill and because I'd I'd got picked to run for Yorkshire. I'd finished fourth in the Yorkshires. And uh, I thought, and I were really in good shape, but I got injured. Mm. So that would have shame with that. Talking yeah. about the intercounties, that um, Finchley race. Oh, yeah. I've done it once, never again. I hated it. It's, a really, it's a really tough course. Obviously, it's four laps. Was it four laps back then? It is, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so obviously, you know what's to come after the first lap, and you know exactly where the hills are. But obviously, is some hills? I don't remember any hills in it. Are you oh, sure? Oh my God. I guess compared to what you were doing up north, they're probably flat as a pancake, but to me, it was tough. Yeah, yeah so it yeah. makes it even more impressive your time. <laughs> All right. On about hills, when I, when I moved back up to Yorkshire, I went on, on I was still doing a little bit of running, trying to keep fit. You'll find this interesting. And, of course, then I've got a Strava and stuff like I have. And I went on some of my old runs. And uh, the first thing I noticed was uh, how illy they were. And I don't remember them being that illy. And I used to have a, I think it were a seven or eight-mile loop. And in that that loop, there were over a 1,000 feet of climbing. God. And I don't, I don't, and honestly, I don't remember it being, it, it would be an early loop, yeah. but it wasn't. And, and looking back, nearly all my runs would, are, you know, are, are all over around here and it's very early. Mm. There would have been, you know, every run would have been over a thousand feet worth of climbing constantly. I'll, I'll stop complaining then because I always say it's hilly round us, but obviously not, is it? Not <laughs> quite like that. Actually, one other thing, a point that you made about cross country that you, you couldn't race at cross country in the intercounties because you were injured. Mm. But you, I think you've you said before that you really rate the importance of cross country racing. I, I'm, I'm yeah. no good at it, but I do, yeah. I do rate it. Yeah, it's, it's good. I think you've, yeah. you've sort of highlighted Laura Muir recently for turning out yeah. and doing the Scottish national or whatever it was recently. Well, that's it. I think people get. I mean, you know, there's, there's look, we've got a world class athlete there turning out for a club mm. over mud cross country you know i think it's 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 good it's good for the club but it's also beneficial for the athlete as yeah. well and i also think with this obsession people have with marathons it helps to break up 
the training, break up the winter, mm. that kind of thing. And I think it's important. I find I, I, I feel so sad for a lot of marathon runners now because they target the marathon and that is it. Mm. I mean, the, you've only got maybe, what, 10, 15 years at, at this running lark. And you're going to look back and, and you're going to think, well, oh, yeah, I've done three marathons in a year or two. Yeah. Some, I mean, now they're even down to two a year. Yeah. You know, that, that's fair enough if you're going to win them or you're going to place or you're going to get the money from running two a year. But when you're just going to make up the numbers, I, I, I honestly don't believe it's worth investing that time mm. for that poor return. Mm. And when there's so much more racing to do. How, yeah. much, how much time? Did you invest into like a marathon build-up then? Was it was it quite a short build-up to you? Sure, 10, 10 or 12 weeks. So, because I was already at a, a, an eye level, really. Hmm. I, we, you know, I want a case of like building up to run. Like I settled on running 22 miles every Sunday. I didn't have to build up to it because I were doing 22 mile every Sunday. Hmm. I would always do 15, 16 mile on a Wednesday. I would do it whether or not, regardless. So, it, you know, it was just a little tweak here or a tweak there, and that was it. So, you know, ten really 10 weeks is what I would look for. And I've got loads of questions for you, but um, how, did, how did you motivate yourself to just keep getting out the door? Like, you know, twice a day in the British winter when it's, you know, especially up in, in, in Yorkshire, it's snowy, it's cold, it's, it's windy, it's, it's dark. Wind. It's better than it used to be, I have to say. We don't have the winters, do we, like we used to do? No, but <laughs> it's still not easy. How, how did you just keep getting yourself out the door? It's, I suppose you could put it down to addiction, obsession, desire, all them. And, and also, you had a young sorry? family. You had a young family, so maybe it was yeah. mistake in some ways. They, they maybe they maybe sent me out for peace. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah, motivation is a big thing. But maybe it just became, like you say, an obsession and addiction, but also second nature. You know, to not do it would have been more unusual. To just it would, it would. I mean, everybody's seen. I mean, it's it's on being on social media. The Sebastian Cord job training twice a day on christmas yeah. you know where it, it, it you've got to think every you you know you, you believe that all your competitors out there are training twice a day so it's it just automatically it's just like going to work really mm. and That's actually on, on that note as well you talk about work obviously getting the money in to to fund all of this your trips to miami and and other sort of foreign marathons did you get any help with that the financial costs involved in traveling to america for a race or do people pay uh, you over there How well i got I, I you know I, if i didn't i wouldn't have gone if they hadn't paid for my air ticket right okay yeah that, that were it you know i uh i'm gonna have to put my phone on charge just down one second yeah i thought we won't keep too much longer sorry no no it's all right honestly yeah. i've only got one more question for you <laughs> Yes, of course, you were invited out there, so they, they paid your costs. Oh, of course, they paid my cost. But you, I'll tell you what you will find interesting. You'll like this tale. This is a good tale, <laughs> if you like a tale. <laughs> right, I'd, uh, I'd run, let me think now. I'd run Piccadilly, and I'd run 215. I'd 
being a, a basically time trial, it beating winning the second fella by seven minutes. And, I, and there were no trips available. Of course, you know, this great north-south divide. And, uh, you know, it was a bit of a thing even back in them days. You had to be a little bit better than what they were down in the, the southern part of England. And so, right, I thought, I'll, I got a telephone number of a, a guy, <laughs> who uh, a well-known guy who organises a lot of races. And I said to him, I says, look, says, get me a marathon. I want to run abroad like everybody else is doing. These bloody crap runners are going. I <laughs> says, I want, I want a trip. And he, and they said, well, you know, I can't really. I says, well, get me in Berlin. I think it was Berlin. I says, get me in Berlin and I'll break the course record. You know? And, mm-hmm. and he says, well, I'll, I'll have a go. And he, he got me in. And I, and I, I promised the race organisers I'd break the course record. <laughs> <laughs> So, of course, like I lined up and I did break the course record, but I only finished second. <laughs> <laughs> the fella who won it was uh, Carl Lismon. Now, yeah. now that's a legend and a half there. Yeah, so no shame, no shame in losing to him. No, no, but he always made me smile because I thought, yeah, I broke his record, but I didn't win. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, that, that makes sense. What well, you had another question? Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah, so. With your coaching hat on now, um, let's just say, because you're, are you a granddad now? I've seen on, on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, granddad. you know, if you, if um, some of your grandchildren or whatever get into the sport and want to do marathon running, what would you get them to do differently to what you did? Uh, I'll tell you, how about, I'll, t- I'll answer it this way. My son really likes cycling. And when he was a, a young lad, about 13, 14, he got involved in cycling and he said, oh, dad, he says, help me cycling. And I said, well, yeah, I'll help you like. And I started to coach him. And at the time, it was when the heart rate monitors had just come out, it'd be, how old it'd be? About 93, yeah, 93 it'd be. And uh, so I coached him because I was so scared of burning him out, of hurting him, mm. because of course I, I knew myself that's the only way I trained. What really hell for leather, and I thought, well, I don't want to do that to my son. So we, we, we well, I based this training on, on his heart rate, and I stuck with that, and and I didn't go above it. And, I, and I'm always and I'm always proud to say this, Aaron. So that's why you're going to get it. And and he ended up at I think at 15 he broke uh, the he broke the hour for 25 miles. And he also got third in the English schoolboys 10-mile time trial championship. Incredible. Well done, you and him. Amazing. Well, I was so, I'm always so proud of that. That's why yeah, I tell him. You should be. So heart rate, but, basically. Is that that's what you'd encourage? That's what I, that's what I, uh, I would do and, 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 ask, and answering Aaron's question there. I think uh, we're, we're fools if we don't use all the science knowledge we've got available. Mm-hmm. But I do think sometimes we get tied up with it as well. Yeah, and my thing, what I try to do is I I, I, I stick to just two sessions a week, and that's it. I won't go anymore, and I, and I, and I'm, I'm adamant that my athletes run slower on recovery days, you know, and I, and I stick with that. Sometimes, you know, yeah, I do stick with it. I don't like them to go faster. Not, the, not that I'm being a dictator. It's just that 
I know where it all leads to, I suppose. Yeah, so. burnout, basically, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and it's about it is about enjoyment, and yeah, I think it's different when you're looking at right at the elite level. You know, you've got to tweak it, you've got to push it, you've got to do this and that. But I think the majority of people who you come across and I come across and on social media are holding down a family, are holding down a job, and you know, running is just part of that package. And I think it'll be, it, it'll be fun, isn't it? Yeah, you, we've got to keep it. Keep it real, I suppose, really, yeah? Yeah, that, that's really good advice. Yeah, if you take those on board, like that, <laughs> run easy. Aaron coaches me, Jimmy, so I have to them. All right. <laughs> I'm some of your comments on board as well, so thanks for that. I'll do, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no, that's, that's great. Um, I'm just, there's plenty more we could ask, but, yeah, I'm not going to take up much more of your time. Um, all, all I will ask is, is let's go, yeah, go back to the eighties one more time. Um, is there anything you regret that you missed out on um, that you didn't quite achieve what you wanted to do, or are you happy looking back at your running career? I'd, I'd have, I believed. I'd, I'd like to have gone to, I, I, I don't believe, well, do I believe, don't I believe? <laughs> it's difficult, isn't it? I think, this, I think I was good enough to go to a, a games, you know? Yeah. That, that I do believe. And I think, I think, and I think my own, my own training was the downfall of it. Yeah. Mm. That's what I think. I think it'd be nice to go to a games, but it, it is what it is. And I mean, and without, and don't put this in the, uh, no, I'm not <laughs> going to say it, no, because you'll put it in. Yeah, but never good. mind. Hey, no, never mind. Let's put it this way. Let's be realistic. The standard that we are now at marathon running in the country, I think uh, it's a shame. If it had been born now, it would have been all right then, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just need, you need someone to tap you on the shoulder and say maybe ease off a little bit and take yeah. a bit more for certain races, yeah. Yeah, I think I think you'd my, my biggest by, mistake. Sorry? You'd have missed out by 13 seconds, Jimmy. You would have. Run 14 seconds quicker, you'd have made a team. But yeah. Yeah, <laughs> maybe five, five, ten years ago when it was... 214 then yeah you've definitely been all right well do you, do you know it's quite it's quite funny you mentioned that Aaron I, 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 I packed in running and of course I never bothered about running and uh, it wasn't till I were actually a place of work and one of the lads said oh I'm doing London Marathon I just said oh I said I ran that years ago and they said oh yeah you know like I said what did you do I said well I got seventh and of course <laughs> they, they didn't believe me <laughs> and you know, and so the, the this is and, and he was a bit of a, a know all with a young lad, and he went on to power of ten, and it was it were there, you know, and uh, and it was him who got me hooked back into running again to start looking at it and 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 things like that, and and I noticed then and I couldn't because I hadn't looked at the 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 running scene or marathons for such a long time, and I looked and I thought, well, what's gone wrong? Mm. in that period since I'd, I'd not done any running yeah I genuinely couldn't believe it how poor we'd become I think Jimmy we need to get you back on and have another chat about this <laughs> alone because that would take up several hours Ooh. wouldn't it yeah. well it's a question half isn't it yeah absolutely yeah, no, cool. it really is. 
no, it's been it's been good sort of recounting some of the races from from the eighties and yeah, just getting some insight into yeah how hard you guys trained and what you did. So yeah, thanks for for giving us your oh, time. Oh, yeah, any time. I just I hope I answered a lot of your questions and didn't just uh, prattle on because I can talk, you know. <laughs> no, it's so good to talk to you. It was really interesting, really entertaining as well. So thanks, Jimmy. Oh, you never, 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 never gonna 